And now, introducing the man who's devised a strategy to ensure that Matt Harvey never faces the Mets again as a member of the Orioles, insisting, quote, it's really quite simple. We just never let Matt Harvey pitch for the Orioles again, unquote. In response to players' criticisms of Major League Baseball's handling of the baseballs and the alleged market manipulation, he responded with an emphatic disagreement, insisting, quote, whether the ball was allegedly juiced or deadened, I still hit my usual .080 clip, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. I wish I cared as much about that as some people did. I just wish that I had it in me to, like, really dive into the, the ball thing, but I just don't. Like, I kind of think I it's. I kind of think it's a more of a. They're I, they're extrapolating too much. I think the MLB did manipulate, like it oh, go from juiced to dead. I think there's no. Well, that's a different. That's a completely different conversation. The dead ball thing. I'm talking about the, the sticky, sticky stuff. stuff. Yes. Well, they're I not. Wish they're I not cared. handing out the. Right. The, 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 the stuff. Well, that's, but that's not about Major League Baseball. It's about right, the players. It's about the players, and then it's about this this secondary question that's that's come out, which is. Is Major League Baseball trying to purposely get players to fight with each other ahead of um, collective bargaining. a collecting bargain agreement? Do they do they want the Players Association to be in? I mean, it's just it's all kind of wonky, but and I just wish I wish I cared. Well, we're never I gonna get wish, answers. That's the part of the problem, right? I think that's part of the issue that I have is that like I don't know what the correct answer is. I really want to know: Are there are there does Josh Donaldson maybe it's think? juiced balls and sticky stuff? Maybe, maybe it's the combination of the two things. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But does Josh Donaldson think, the, the scenario that we played out yesterday, that Major League Baseball should be the one to doctor the balls? They, they put all the sticky stuff. Right. Whatever sticky stuff they want on the balls, they put it on the balls. And then we have umpires, cavity search every pitcher as they, well, they, do that anyway. they go out. Well, yeah, the ones that want it. That's an optional thing. Yeah, yeah it's an optional. You can sign up for that uh, ahead Mark of time. Martinez, it's kind of his thing. <laughs> Why Buck Martinez? You didn't hear <laughs> Where did that come First from? First name came to mind. Okay. Buck Martinez wasn't a pitcher, though. He was a catcher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So You're welcome. Okay, whatever the hell just happened here, <laughs> I don't know. Who is uh, the other... Um, we need we need, uh, we need need another set from Pavilion. Uh, I <laughs> Yeah, I had a... Anyway, hi, good morning. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Um, I thought I was done betting on the French Open. Turns out you're addicted. <laughs> I thought no, it's really just during the tennis tournaments that's going to be a problem for me because, as I explained to a friend of mine, I don't. The reason why I didn't bet for all these years is because I know I'm a sucker, right? <laughs> like I know I am. But then somebody said this to me, like, aren't aren't you supposed to be the guy that might have yeah, know, right? a slight advantage? It's like, what is all this knowledge for, right? Right? Like, wouldn't wouldn't you have been an advantage? And I was like, yeah, but it's sports. You don't really know. And then, as I pointed out on the show, on, during the French Open, I know more than the average person does. Now, I still don't know. I don't know enough to know if you're going to win by a certain number of games. Tennis is a really wonky... Is there a spread like that? Oh, yeah. 100% there are spreads like that. So I have avoided... I've just been betting money lines during the French Open. I've been doing quite well. I haven't made an extraordinary amount of money because I didn't have an extraordinary amount of money to bet. Let's just be honest about that. I'm not living in that tax bracket. I was talking to our buddy Tim from Bel Air about that last night. Um, but I, I thought I was done, and then I looked at the semi, the women's semifinals, and I said, well, I do like Pavlyuchenkova, and I do like Zachary. I guess I'll bet them. And then if I'm going to bet them both individually, I might as well parlay them too, right? Right? And then? Well, I'm, I'm good so far, 
Pavlyuchenkova just took the first set, but I I need that to continue. To this, my reaction during the day, you'll be able to, to see, see how you're feeling. Yeah, right. This will be one of those. Uh, what are, what are they when they bar, do them at Barcelona? What they call them the hot seat. Uh, it'll Nothing. be sort of like that. I will be looking over, and I will be reacting because I did. I got froggy one more time. I've only lost one bet the entire French Open. And that was, I put a little bit down on Daniil Medvedev to beat um, Sitsipas the other day. And that did not occur. So I've been feeling good. I'm up a bit. Plus, I, I stole a couple bucks on uh, the Clippers the other night, as uh, Jeremy encouraged me to. Who did you take it from? Uh, the, uh, the, the website that I bet from. I stole a couple bucks that way because the number was three and a half. I hope it's not Patrick Beverly. I don't think he would take it very well. No, no. No, he's a tough dude. Uh, although I've seen him on uh, Van Pelt show a few times, and I like I like no, I, I like Patrick Beverly. It's a good story for sure. Yep, a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, I need a little Pavlyuchenkova action in my life today, and need Don't a little all, uh, huh? Maria Sakkari. I think everyone's saying that today, on. you know? Yeah, that's it's a big topic today. It's yeah. a big topic. All right, uh, coming up. Speaking of the NBA, in just a bit, we're going to chat with Stephanie Reddy uh, from Turner Sports. She is, of course, a former Coppin State Eagle and was uh, a coach at Coppin State as well. We'll chat with her about the fact that the Phoenix Suns are the greatest basketball team in the history of yeah. basketball. They've won four straight by, I think, an average of 73 points or yeah, something Yeah, I don't know like if you that. heard. Um, yeah. Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. But how did that go against the Blazers? Well, I don't know if you heard. Uh, the Blazers that... had zero chance of winning the NBA title. Did you ask Jeremy? No, no, no they didn't, apparently. Uh, they uh, cle- Clearly, it crushed them, right, to not mm-hmm. have Jamal Murray against the Blazers. Well, you know what it means. It clearly ended their chances. They gave up after winning against the Blazers. Is that is that's a weird bit their for them? Championship. No, I don't understand why that would be a thing. You didn't read I that article? Know, I don't know why that would be the case. Um, but we'll talk with Stephanie Reddy about that. Look, I'm I'm getting excited. I still know the Nets are the 10 billion pound gorilla and might suck all of the joy out of the postseason in general, unfortunately. That's the only the only bummer about that at all least of if this. the Suns get there, there should be a lot of scoring, right? There should be a lot of scoring. I I don't think the Sixers can even compete with the Nets. Like I, Well, they're defensive, right? Like they're Joel Embiid is Yeah, could they win a game maybe because it just happened to be a night and the Nets were off perhaps. They just don't have the shooters, right? Correct. They don't have the one they, like, guards no that are going to the numbers. There's no I don't think they can even be competitive really. Unless there's the just Nets. off nights for Or unless one of those guys gets hurt again, something like that. Is Harden back now? Uh I thought he was, but doesn't matter really. Yeah, I mean, it does it doesn't matter. Um but we'll talk to Stephanie Reddy about that and whether I should be getting all this excited about that. Like, I, I was I was reminded, uh, my buddy Greg Rosenthal, of course, new episode of Only Slams available right now wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my buddy Greg Rosenthal and I were texting last night, and, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I told him that. I'm like, I'm not, the only thing I'm really worried about is the Nets. He was like, you're not worried about the Jazz? I'm like, I'm worried about the Jazz. That'll, but be, like, that'll be a good matchup, right? Like but, that'll be, but not in like the I don't think the Suns can win type of way. Like I think they. Who can... are the guards defensively for the Suns? Right, Booker is not a shutdown defender. He's, he's not a fine. shutdown defender. No, Paul's a good Paul's, defender. He's a good. He was a good steals man when he was but, younger. But he's. But the but the point being, they can extend Crowder, if. If Aiton can handle Gobert, right? Which if Aiton can handle if he Gobert, can't, then right, like what's well, the point? Well, it's a bigger Aiton, problem, right? Yeah. Well, I, you say that, but I like get Gobert's really good. But like Crowder's had to help with Jokic a few times. Like some when you Jokic have somebody who's Gobert, I understand that. I understand that. But Crowder has had to help with the the jazz. What the Jazz don't really have is that 
for example, Crowder's really been a help with Porter in this series. Yeah. He's been a massive right, help like with a Porter. Three, a stretch four, but anything a, like that. A guy that's as big as uh, a center, but it plays a three. Sure. And Michael Porter's six ten or whatever yeah. he is, insane. It's the same. Jamie's uh, he not really, better. I guess he right? really should be better, shouldn't <laughs> he? Like he really <laughs> should be better than he is. Yeah. And there's moments where you're like, oh, dude, this guy's really good, and you're like, what? Where Why does it go? Why is good? he yeah. not Kevin Durant? Well, when they drafted right? him, it was like, oh, he's not going to play because he's hurt. And now he's healthy. It's like, well, what? well he's, he's not. He, I think he's hurt a lot. Like, I think, I think he's so hurt too. again right now. Um, it doesn't really make sense why Michael Porter is not a better player. But the Jazz with Conley and Mitchell, right? Like, two, two on-ball guards. I don't – that's where, unless they are just going to extend either Bridges or Crowder to guard one of mm-hmm. them. That's where you would see them as somewhat vulnerable. We're spending way too much time talking about the We're Fe- gonna talk Phoenix only Suns, Utah basketball Jazz matchup, today. Matchup. Nobody here cares. I'm Rudy sorry. Rudy Gobert, so four-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk to Stephanie Reddy. Thank you. We'll talk to Stephanie Reddy about the NBA playoffs uh, later on in the hour. Jeff Zrebeck will join us. We'll talk to him about the Ravens, and then uh, we'll make our trip down to Bowie in the second hour of the program for the week, and we will chat with Michael Bauman. Do you know Michael Bauman's a big fantasy football guy? I don't think we've ever talked to him about that. Aren't most before. men. No, but like he thinks himself to be, I think a Ken Zalis. You type. mean like he's like, he's like not draft like a player. Kings every week and like no, I think he's like a a would be analyst. Like I think he's uh, that's the uh, we'll talk to him about that later on in the show. Um, but obviously also a, a pitching prospect, one of the top pitching prospects in the Orioles system. I think you might have done a little better than Matt Harvey last night. Might have. So anyway, today's show uh, is also brought to you by Sports and Social MD. They're bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel as they take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. Get the ringside feeling with their state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. I've been there. It's awesome. Uh, They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets on sale now for UFC 263 which is coming up this Saturday night, UFC 263. You want to hang out for the Adesanya-Vittori fight, the entire card. Get your tickets right now at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MD Gambling. Oh, man, I thought I was going to nail it. Damn it. Damn it. Try it one more time. Must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Is that a, d- a double entendre? What? They're raising the sports bar? Yeah, that is the concept. Yes, that's the idea. And it's an amazing place. The food's tremendous. I, I, I'm I, going to... It will be a... Pro- at a younger age, it would have been a serious problem mm-hmm. for me. It would have at, been like, hey, Glenn, here's your cot. Right. See, I mean, it would have been ridiculous. It would have been absolutely absurd. I think Nate Diaz is on the card on uh, Saturday night as well. So... Mm-hmm. Great place to go can't watch. Get the fight. worked up over UFC personally, right? Like, okay, not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a oh, I do want to. You're gonna start getting worked up about out, UFC. Yeah. You're gonna yeah, start getting worked up about UFC get when we have. That place is. Yeah, I hear it's just like way to go on that. Alcohol, food, right? TVs, right. It's, it's, gambling. It's the hangout. It's <laughs> yeah. the hangout. It's the place to be. <laughs> All right. Um. I. So one of the reasons why we're having Jeff Zrebeck on this morning, some reports that. Um, that that uh, the Ravens are bringing in Todd Gurley for a visit. I, it doesn't it doesn't do a lot for me, right? Like it. I just don't understand it. Oh, I understand it entirely. I think a lot of people thought the Ravens would bring in one more run. When you run the ball the way the Ravens do, why wouldn't you have as much depth at running back? I get it, right? So it was Todd Gurley, you if you were going to minimize his workload to a fourth 
of what it might have been asked to be somewhere else, like Correct. Atlanta. Like, could he be effective? If, if Todd Gurley had a good option that involved him getting the ball, well, he would have been there already. He doesn't have that. That's not available to be had. He's a guy at this point that can be depth, and you never know, right? Like, if he has to play, maybe he still has some Todd Gurley in him somehow. If, if Todd Gurley's available for a song, and I would assume that's what we're dealing with at this point, sure. there's no reason to not take a look at Todd Gurley and see where he is health-wise and see if he can help you out. Now, there, if you want to say the problem would be you need your third running back to also have a special teams role, well, that makes it trickier. Well, he would be competing with Justice Hill, presumably, right? I, they just don't seem to have any thought to Justice Hill. Well, he's a special teams guy. That's fine, but they don't, have any, they don't seem to have any thought to him as a running back. No. That's, but was that's that because they clear. had... They didn't. Three they, last year, no, right? They like, didn't. They didn't play Mark Ingram. He wasn't a thing. Yeah, I hear you. And they never decided to go in on Justice Hill. They had a couple games where he got some touches. And a then, couple. Right. Like, the, he, he was not. No, I'm not advocating they, Justice Hill. That's not what I'm doing. By the way, I'm not saying I'm not opposed to more Justice Hill, but I'm reacting to what I saw with my eyes, which is they didn't, they didn't care about Mark Ingram, and it didn't change how they felt about Justice Hill. Sure. They, they, they just – either there's something about him that, that says to them that he can't be on the field – or they just don't think he's any good. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I have no clue how to explain the Justice I am Hill of situation. the opinion, kind of, and I get it. Todd Gurley, we, the name, we know it. He was incredible when he was on the Rams. The injuries have sapped him of his elite talent. I am kind of, I guess it's the same thing or no different than bringing in a no-name, right? Well, like I, it's, 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 bringing, it's Des Bryant a year ago. But I don't think There's with no running back the way it is, my point being, with running back the way it is, the way that we've – like Gus Edwards was a nobody before they got him and they turned right. him into somebody, right? Like I kind of think the Rams would be better off finding a guy who is has the requisite traits they look for and just signing him in that sense rather than trying to rehash – a former well, what pro makes you bowler. think there's somebody out there that has that more than Todd Gurley Somebody does. out there that has two good knees. You, like you're, you're pretending like they think that Todd Gurley could be the Todd Gurley, and I don't think there's a chance no. that that's how they feel. I, I think that, and I'm not even, I don't even know that they're going to sign Todd Gurley sure. as much as they're just going to bring him in. I have no clue. But the notion there's anything wrong with it is is like getting worked up about Des Bryant. If it's a nothing, if you're just bringing a guy in to be bring a guy and you promise him nothing. That's fine. It's way better to do that with Ty Gurley than it was once upon a time when they did it with, say, uh, uh, who was the, the Rolando McClain, who mm-hmm. had proven he was unworthy of, yes, of a spot on a roster, and, and you saying to somebody else, well, you might lose your spot because of this guy. That was problematic. Ty Gurley's not a bad guy in any no, way. No. Ty Gurley's a, a, a good human. Obviously, the Baltimore story is neat. Um... You know, like I'm, I'm all for giving Todd Gurley a chance. If you're not promising him anything, you got roster spots available right now. Let him come in and compete. And you know, as we know, with a full, pre- not a full preseason, a three-game preseason, but that's the new full preseason and training camp again. Unfortunately, we we have to be prepared for the world in which there are going to be injuries once more. Well, I've got course. no issue with Todd Gurley because I don't think there's any difference between Todd Gurley and whatever other guy is on the street at the moment. And I am more with running back being what it is, right? The market, I mean, no-name guys become guys, right? Like, it's not uncommon to just see a guy who has not been given a chance be able to produce when given one. So, you know, I have nothing against it being Todd Gurley. Ultimately, whoever is signed as this third running back will get minimal touches, presumably, unless they prove to deserve more. 
Um, but that said, with the special teams thing aside and all of that, I don't know. Maybe it's a pie-in-the-sky idea that they would be finding somebody who would actually turn into I don't a know player. What, I mean, like, what makes you think that's a thing? Because running back. I, like, I understand that. And if they had drafted a running back, then I would I, – I don't think there would be a world in which this would be relevant. They didn't draft a running back. And 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 could it be that one of their undrafted free agents, you know, splashes? How many did they sign that running back? I don't even remember One or now. two. I, yeah, I, I, honest to God, I don't even remember who all there is. And look, it's the only be, one I remember is Ardarius Stewart. Sure. I mean, it'll be a competition, ultimately, for that third spot, right? Like, that's what they're setting up, and well, if Todd Gurley has something to offer, then, yeah, we'll or, see. Or they think more of Justice Hill, or they're going to say, hey, we might end up carrying four running backs, sure. or whatever it's going to be. I don't know, but there's no... You're not. If you sign Ty Gurley, it's with no promise of anything. It's a look. You don't have another option right now, and maybe Ty Gurley thinks he does. Maybe some of the other teams that he visited said, "You know, we'll sign you for the minimum." And the Ravens say, "Well, we're not even promising you that. We're only promising that we'll look at you during training." Which you presumably, would have heard his name before now if that were the case. He's right? made a bunch of visits. He's he? yes, like he's he's gone out and visited teams. It's not like this is the first visit he's taken. Uh, but I don't know what the options are for Ty Gurley. If Todd Gurley wants to come in with no promise of anything and compete during training camp and and have a chance, then by all means, let him have a chance to compete for a roster spot. What? How else are you using the 89th spot that you have on your I'll summer roster? We're available. Right. Thank you. That's a good point. And for cheap. PR, I mean, really, really. Really. Mostly, right? I don't know how much that's going to help him mm-hmm. in the PR capacity. Like I don't when, know what you mean. Like when one of us dies yeah. on the field. What do you mean? I don't know how much that's going to help them I when it comes know. to PR. I don't know if that's going to end up proving to be great. I just can't fathom getting, getting, having any thought about Ty Gurley strongly one way or the other. If, I mean, like if you're excited about Ty Gurley, I think that's nuts. Come on, man. He's a name, right? A right. name you like know. You, that's, and that falls back on the thing that we talked about over and over again. If you're angry about Ty Gurley, what the hell is that about? Where does that come from? You're angry about Maybe you drafted number one in fantasy football once. Well, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can understand him disappointing you. <laughs> but, like, it's a guy. They're, they're bringing him in and giving him a look. And if they think there's something there that he's worthy of competing for a spot and that's what he wants to do because it's his hometown team – you know, neat. It's a neat story, if that's the case. But that's all it is. There's no expectation there. There's no thought that he's taking carries away from Gus Edwards or... Only in the sense that the third... It was maybe thought that there could only be two running backs for the Ravens this year, right? Like, I think that... It, but there are going to be two running backs for the Ravens I this understand. year. Every now and then a third guy might get on the field because third guys get on the field sometimes. Look, I don't know how many carries there are to go around, right? Let's say it's 400. I don't know if you know. The Ravens run the ball a lot. Of course. I don't know Let's if you say heard. it's 400, right? 184 Dobbins, right? 150 for Edwards, at least, probably. And then you're left with 70 or so. Like, there's going to be more carries for a third. I don't see them just doing this to say, we know we're going to be only using two running backs. This indicates that they have a desire to have more than two. I, do, I, I don't know what that means. This doesn't indicate anything. Okay, now I don't know whether that means, when I say that, right? I don't know whether that but, desire says they want it for depth purposes or for a rotational purpose. But, that I don't know. But that, there's no reason to think that this changes their plans at running back. There's nothing about that. This is bringing a guy in for a look. There is zero reason to think this has any impact on what their plans are for using their running backs this season. None. Not an iota of a reason to think that. They want to look at Todd Gurley. They want to give him a chance to compete. They want to protect themselves 
they don't, you know, I don't know if you remember, they've had running backs get hurt before early on in training camp. So have some depth. That's not a bad thing. If they sign him, which we still don't even know if they're going to do. If they sign him. So with that in mind, with a Todd Gurley visit in mind, in light of that, the question I'm asking you today on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, I want to know who's the Baltimore native, and I extend Baltimore out to, like, n- you know the difference between a Baltimore native and a D.C. native. Somebody brought up Kevin Durant's name. Kevin Durant is not, first of all, we don't have a pro basketball team, but they said, well, what about Kevin Durant at Maryland? Like, I get the bit, that's not what I'm asking you. Baltimore natives that you most wish would have played at some point for the Ravens, Orioles, even the Colts, if you're an older listener, and never did. That's the question that I have for you today. I think there's one, to me, obvious answer. Somebody brought up Al Kaline that's probably more of an obvious answer because he was one of the greatest players of all time. I, I just don't have the context there, and, and the Orioles are pretty good. So, you know, I'm not – I can't Are we eliminating Babe Ruth from the discussion? Sure. I mean, by the way, the Orioles didn't exist know, yeah. as a major league team then, so they, he couldn't have played for the Orioles at that point. Um, so, yes, take that one off the list. To me, in my lifetime, there's an obvious answer. There's one obvious one that I desperately wish – would have played for uh, one of the local teams and never did. I've, I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, that's how you get in. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs right now. Always appreciate catching up with our next guest. She's a Coppin State legend. And uh, now with NBA TV, Turner Sports covering the NBA. She's Stephanie Reddy, and she's back with us here on GCR. Stephanie, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Good morning. I appreciate you guys. But before we start talking NBA, yes. we have to talk Coppin State track. Oh, sure, Joseph Momoa. Absolutely. I'm, yes. I'm all in, no doubt. Getting ready for the Olympics, too. I mean, how amazing is that? It's I a mean, very cool story. You look at who he is, you know, ranked over. and I'm saying ranked because now, you know, we're at the point where we're now at the national championship for the 100-meter but the four by one team, all of those guys now are second team All American. Talk about what he did in the two hundred meter. He finished fifteenth. I mean, you're this is huge, and I don't know how much publicity and press it's getting locally, but I'm here to shout it from the rooftop. I, no, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Okay. It's it's an awesome Good. story, and um and I believe that on ESPN two tonight. Correct. I want to make yeah. sure. I want to make sure I have yeah. that right. Yeah. Um, That's in, correct. Incredible story. Incredibly accomplished and definitely headed to the Olympics. Like, yes, it's like, so exciting. No doubt. My kids and I were like, okay, we're cheering for USA, except for in the 100 meters, and we're cheering for Ghana. <laughs> right. I respect that. I respect that. I 100%. I'll have some feelings like that, too, right? Like, I will 100% have those feelings as well. No doubt. Uh, love that. Thank you for giving that shout-out in, because I, I, I'm afraid I might have forgotten as the show went on. No um, All right. To the okay, so selfishly, Stephanie, and I think we talked about this the last time. Part of the reason why we're doing this this morning is because I have told you I am the biggest Phoenix Suns fan on the face of the planet. Maybe, maybe I, in Maryland, right? Maybe in oh, Maryland. Oh, I don't know, dude. Like, I spent two years. I moved to Phoenix for a job when I was 23, 22, somewhere in that range. It was my first, like, like time in my life that I ever really went somewhere. I had gone to Maryland, but, like, this is the first time I ever went anywhere, and I fell in love. It was in the height of the D'Antoni Nash era. The Suns mm. treated me incredibly well. Anytime, anytime I had somebody come visit, they were like, hey, we'll get you, you know, we'll get you a suite for the night. We'll put you, I mean, they, they treated me like royalty when I was scum, you know? Like, I, <laughs> I fell in love 
with the Phoenix Suns while I was out there, and I've never lost it no matter how bad they were, and they were really bad for a That's long awesome. time. That's awesome. Now, that's a true fan. So I'm feeling something right now that is kind of otherworldly. Am I getting myself too carried away because, hey, the Jazz are going to be really difficult, and look, nobody's beating the Nets anyway? Or is there a real <laughs> chance here that this isn't just a neat story and that the Suns could do something really special? Oh, no, this is a real story. I mean, I was watching last night thinking this could happen. I mean, just look at the landscape right now. Um, and I think we actually talked about this the last time I was on, how this year's playoffs are going to be so unique yep. and because of COVID, right? It's always in peril because of a possible injury. We've seen that happen. When a superstar goes down, it changes the entire script of what's about to happen. But now you have the threat of a possible injury as well as a threat of a possible COVID slash health protocol situation. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, yes, Brooklyn looks really good and really dominant, but James Harden is out for a second. You know, like, we just don't know what's going to happen. So, having said all that, Phoenix looks amazing. Um, Chris Paul, it's the, it's... they call him the point god for a reason. I mean, this dude, he had 15 assists and zero turnovers last night. Who does that it's in insane. the playoffs? It's unbelievable. And he's 35. <laughs> That's, like, it's yeah. I mean, it's... I think he, is he actually 36? But yeah, I, really, I might be I don't 36 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, when you look at two, it's not just, his, it's not his exact numbers. It's what he does. Like, you look at what they're shooting. And the Suns shot 47% from the field and 47 from three. And it's because he's getting them the looks they want. They're getting open. They're getting the shots they want. He is like a maestro. He's out there directing everything, and it's so much fun to watch. So, yes, I think you're in good shape. By the way, you are right. He turned 36 in May. I mean, it's just insane. Okay. It's just utterly insane. Chris is going to hate me for that. I'm hoping My, he's not going to get yeah, a bite yeah. of it. Like, what did you do that for? He came to Baltimore. <laughs> I saw – I got to see – I had the joy of being at Hill Fieldhouse the night that uh, he, LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Carmelo Anthony – played a uh, summer league game during the lockout a few years ago. And I mean, this is t 10 years, by the way, 10 years ago at this point, and all of them are still in the NBA and three <laughs> of them are still uh, easily amongst the best players in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, remarkable, remarkable how that played out. Uh, yes. But it, to my knowledge, the only time Chris Paul has ever been in Baltimore for any reason. <laughs> um, the the I guess, the, you know, let's, I'm not trying to write that series off or say that it's over. It's certainly um, Jokic is too good, and, and you know, the, the atmosphere was great in Phoenix. They get into Denver. I think the Nuggets will be more competitive. I don't think they're going to lose every game by double digits. I think that's crazy. Right. Um, but I, I do think the Suns have a serious leg up. I, is there any chance the Clippers have more left? They played well in game one. It feels like they should be better. I mean, this is Kawhi Leonard that we're talking about. I don't know how to explain the Paul George thing. It is... It is a conundrum that Paul George is not a better postseason player, and I, I don't know what else to say because you don't want to pile on the guy, but it's right. there, there's too much there at this point. It, is there a chance the Clippers have more life in that series and that is not just a fait accompli for the Jazz? I do think there's a chance. Um, I think the Clippers, they're one of those strange teams that we kind of talked about in the same vein as the Brooklyn Nets during the regular season. Oh, we haven't really seen exactly what we have yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the Clippers fall into that category because they have been inconsistent um, and they are supremely talented. So when they play their A game, they're pretty unbelievable. So we don't know when that A game is going to show up. And that's why we play 
best of seven series in the NBA and not one in advance. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I totally think that the Clippers are still in this, and I think Ty Lue is going to whip them into shape quickly. The the let me go to the Eastern Conference. Stephanie Reddy is with us from uh, Turner Sports NBA TV. I, I I it really does feel like it's going to be very difficult for the Nets to to for anybody to beat the Nets at this point. I mean that 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 this series almost appears to be you know unfair at this point. <laughs> and and even like looking at the Sixers, I just I, I don't see how they score with them. I you know I know they want to play defense and. I, I just don't know what you do. Can can any of the teams in the East give the Nets a real threat if, you know, as you point out, there isn't one of those kind of crazy scenarios that right. occurs? Right. I mean, if everything is chalk, then it looks pretty good for the Nets. Um, we saw the, I don't know, it was almost like obscene, the display we saw without My God. It was like, what's happening? You know? Right. <laughs> Like this is not the way it's supposed to go in the right. second round of the playoffs. No, like, no. Especially with not how everyone talked about how they would have these growing pains and that like, yeah. oh my gosh, they can't possibly play together so well. Oh. Yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They watched that out. I mean, the the whole point is that they're playing the right way. You know, it's like this is the model. Hello, it's not hard, you guys. We know there's only one ball. We know that everyone's capable of scoring. But if you play the right way, the more weaponry you have, the better off you should be. So with that in mind, the Nets are going to have a cakewalk in the East, right? But I do think that this series is over. I hate to even say that because I, I believe no, that I get you know, every game is its own game. But I think that the Nets, it would have to take something like unbelievably just unpredictable to happen, I yep. think, for the Nets to lose that series against the Bucks. I think the Bucks are done. Um, now, as far as Philly-Atlanta, what's interesting about Philly-Atlanta is that they both have figured out how to play defense, right? The Hawks, too. But the Hawks have a lot of firepower. So what you were saying about how you don't think Philly can score with the Nets, I think the Hawks might actually be able to score okay. with the Nets. Um, it'll look different, you know, but I think Trey Young is really underrated in terms of his intellect. Um, and we, we did the game, too, on TNT, and I did a report on this because Doc Rivers told me, because I asked him before the game, I said, hey, you know, we all know what Trey's capable of. We see the offensive skill. We see it. We know. But what makes him special? And Doc, right away, without hesitation, he said his brain. Hmm. He said that kid is so smart. He has the ability to pass, unbelievable passes. He can score any which way he wants with that lob floater, you know, yep. with the three-pointer off the dribble. But the point is that he knows what to do and when to do it, and he can make it happen. You know, so a lot of guys might be smart enough to know what to do and when to do it, but they might not have the skill set that will allow them to create that situation. Trey Young can do all of those things. And so now when you have that on the table and you surround him with more than capable scores, you got a lot of shooters out there. You have guys that can go one-on-one. -on -one, you have guys that can post up. They, they score in transition. That's a dangerous equation that the Hawks have. So uh, I don't know. It's that series that I'm covering because I'm doing that one. I've got the whole thing with Philly and Atlanta. Okay. It could go to seven. I mean, you saw what happened in yep. one and two. Yep. It, there's no telling what's going to happen. So I think that the winner of that series could be formidable for, for the Nets. It to make it interesting. I am all for it being Atlanta. We actually, there's there's randomly a handful of 76ers fans in the area. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, people that went north or south of their basketball fandom. 
Um, I'm all for it being Atlanta because it is such a joy to watch that dude play basketball, man. It is just such a joy to watch that dude play and him getting into it. Um, obviously all the New York stuff, it was phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like it was just such great theater. He's embraced the villain role and I love it. Oh, I'm, I'm so in favor of watching more of that dude play basketball during the course of this spring. Um, Stephanie, before I let you go, if I could, there's, there's been a lot, uh, made about the, the Celtics search for a coach and, Kara Lawson's name has come up. Uh, Becky Hammond's name has come up. You, of course, know a thing or two about um, uh, coaching men's teams. Um, what is now the time? Are we there that 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 this this is the right time, and maybe even that this is the right spot specifically when it comes to Boston for for this to be the place for for I mean for them to get, I guess saying is now the time. It's probably been the time for some time at this right. point, right? Yeah. Um, yep. But is is this the right circumstance, maybe, for this to be the the moment for for one of them uh, specifically to break through and and break break that glass ceiling, if you will? Yeah, I mean, it could happen because I've said this all along. I mean, even from when I was coaching in what was then called the D League, the now G League, people used to ask me all the time, you know, when are we going to see a woman head coach? I said, as soon as somebody is in a position to hire one that thinks that that's okay, like you know, it's not a big deal. They're just coaching. Yep. So all it takes is for the person who's in a position to hire to understand that (laughs) and to measure them based on their merit, not on their gender. Right. So with that being said, Boston is absolutely a good place because Brad Stevens, who is now in charge of that search, had Kara Lawson on his staff. Also, let's not forget, Allison Feaster is a vice president on the basketball operations side. So, yeah. The people in that room would make a decision and hire a woman based on her merit and not just because, you know, or not hire her because she's a woman, but hire her because of the merit of her accomplishments. So, yes, to answer your question, I think Boston might be an opportunity for a woman to get a head job. I mean, it seems it seems like in particular Becky Hammond is the one that just drives me like what what more could you want? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. What more could you possibly want from a candidate? Um, I mean, she, her a, resume is stacked. It's you know, impeccable. It's not just her multiple WNBA All-Stars. She played in the Olympics, you know, internationally. She's played internationally. Um, now she's been coaching under Coach Popovich, who is widely considered Correct. the greatest. Correct. <laughs> you know, I mean, there is really nothing else that you could ask of a candidate. No doubt. So. No doubt. Uh, Stephanie, so you you will be staying on the, the Hawks uh, Sixer Series, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I have that whole thing. Make sure you are tuned in, obviously, uh, on NBA TV for uh, coverage and, of course, through the games themselves on TNT. Uh, at Stephanie Reddy on Twitter is how you give her uh, is how you give her a follow. And let's go, Joseph Amoa. All right? Let's go. Yes, let's go win. Diesel. Let's get it done tonight. Let's do that. Uh, Stephanie, really appreciate you taking the time for us, as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Look forward to doing it again as the playoffs roll along. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Stephanie Reddy, Coppin State legend, checking in with us here on GCR. Talk a little NBA playoffs. I am on cloud nine as a Phoenix Suns fan. It is extraordinarily cool. All right. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Um, some responses. A few of you have brought up Al Kaline again. I, I believe that to be I, – I have no doubt of Al Kaline's greatness. It's just not – I don't have the context for – His Baltimore. Well, no, no, not, not – I mean, I, I know he's from Baltimore. <laughs> I know that is a fact. Um, it's more for me about like it predates my baseball fandom 
So it's to me, it's almost too easy, right? To say. Well, it also seems like it would be the most if you add impactful. Al-K- if you add right? Al Kaline to those right. Orioles teams in the 1960s, well, every year. The <laughs> Orioles teams in the 1960s were already yeah. really friggin' good. He would have played so, he an outfielder, right? Yes, he was an outfielder. Okay. So, like, maybe somebody would say it was redundant. Like, they had Frank Robinson, or if they had never traded for Frank Robinson because they had Al Kaline, it, sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Um, but. But I, I get why that's the answer, because you're just sort of saying he's the greatest, outside of Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. he's the greatest baseball, uh, player, baseball player that ever came from Baltimore. And, and you know, I, maybe throw Cal Ripken into that conversation, because I sure. did say extended, right? Um, and I get, I think that makes it almost a brainless answer. I just can't speak enough to the impact of that, and would it have changed the course of, of history? Would... If the Orioles had never gotten Frank Robinson, would they have been just as good sure. at that point if Al Kaline had been? I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak to any of that. So I'm getting a bunch of those. Somebody brought up Tavon Austin. I mean, yeah, like he didn't do anything in the NFL. Yeah, that's the thing. He was a he was a neat thought for a minute, but I just don't. Like think there's, there's a difference between players that we have an affinity for and an affection for, and players who we think would actually make a difference if they were in Baltimore, right? Like correct. I've correct. got. I mean, I'm literally scrolling through a Wikipedia list of all the athletes from, quote-unquote, Maryland or Baltimore, whatever. There's only two that I've found that are a consideration for me. So, so um, Walter was the first to bring up Mark Teixeira. We and that's the one, but like, the Orioles were so bad. They were terrible. So it wouldn't they have made a difference, terrible. right? Like, they, it, it, it has no it, – it just does nothing for me. Now, if you want to say even later, even at the tail end of his career when the Orioles got good, he could have been useful. The, again, the problem Davis being was playing cr- first, yeah. exactly right. It's very hard for me to find a point in Mark Teixeira's career where he makes a difference, where he would have made a difference for the Orioles. Now I can say that with more. That's why I'm saying the context of Alkaline is difficult for me. Sure. I can't speak to it, but I can speak to the context of Mark Teixeira, and it just doesn't. and also I've got like it's a little bit of ill will, right? Well, like that's it's a not different, that's I a different it, thing. Right. That's but a it makes me thing. stops me from saying oh, I wish it was him, kind of thing. The one that I don't know if people have brought it up, but the one that seems to fit the okay that could have been a difference and they already won a super bowl right like it's not like they didn't have success without him antonio freeman is somebody that it's a it's a good answer it's not a bad answer and would have been helpful to the baltimore ravens yeah i mean it's not a bad answer in any way i guess i would have to do the math as to when antonio freeman's best years were with Favre, right i mean it was well correct but i mean like does it does it line up that antonio freeman in the in the mid oh god i gotta i gotta really think about this math Antonio Freeman were his best years in the in the early in part the, of the Ravens tenure, where they were still kind and, of making a name and, for themselves, and, and, and it wouldn't really have mattered because you know at the I beginning think he was still good into the early two thousands. If I'm not mistaken, like by the time he left for Philadelphia, it was kind of over, and that was two thousand two. So I I don't really how much could you help in two thousand? They already won the Super Bowl, kind of thing. Right, they already won the Super Bowl in two thousand, and in the nineties. He was still a 900-yard receiver, 800-yard receiver in 2000, 2001. I, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't have taken Antonio Freeman on the team. I don't know that it would have made much of a difference. He certainly doesn't go above my answer, right? Like, good football player and, and, and would have fit. But, again, I think the timeline was a little bit tricky there for um, the Ravens needed that help more towards the mid part of the 2000s and on into the sure. late 2000s than they did. And then there are the, the right Fuller now. brothers, right? Like, it's hard to pick one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, it's Kendall or Kyle, right? Those are the answers. Well, but yeah, correct. And I think it's Kendall is the think answer. So. I think the Kyle's answer really would be Kendall. Kendall. Kendall's the bear, right? Uh, yeah. Well, hang on a second. No, I think I Kyle's the bear. Kyle's the bear. I think Kyle's yes. better than Kendall. Kyle, Kyle might be better than Kendall. Yeah. Kendall was, uh, you know what? You're probably right about that. Kyle's better than Kendall. 
but the the Ravens are, are very corner, they're very doesn't deep. Mean they couldn't be better, it right? doesn't mean they couldn't use another one. Right. Um, you're mi- you're missing an obvious answer. You're Maybe missing. I am. An Maybe Wikipedia answer. is. Um, we'll get to it in a minute. Do we do we need to go right now, or can we take a break? It's, it's um, let's already. just call them. Let's just okay. That's we might fine. as well. It's fine. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Window Nation is offering you an unbelievable deal right now. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. Get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. What? What? Somebody just tweeted me an answer. Stefan Diggs isn't a Baltimore native. He's a D.C. guy. That's not the answer. I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. I like Stephon Diggs, but he's not a Baltimore guy in any way. All right. He's DC guy. Call me anyway. I mean, but that, I made that very clear at the beginning. This is not Maryland native. I said Baltimore native and extended to the Baltimore suburbs. Not the guy that you know. Say, hey, he's technically from Maryland. N- not that guy. I'm saying for this game, it's got it. And I like Stephon Diggs. Don't get me wrong. The problem also is there's like no. I have him on the Ravens. There's no basketball point. team to put. Players on also 100. I said this yeah. is limited. Rudy Gay this, been is, a good choice, this is limited to yeah, Orioles, Ravens, Colts. Yeah. That's it. What Baltimore native? There's one that nobody's named yet. That to me was a slam dunk in my lifetime because I can't give context to Al Kaline. I can't do it. Not capable of it. I know he was a great player. I just don't know how he fits in. And would the Orioles have gotten Frank Robinson if they had Al Kaline? Would they? I don't. I can't answer those questions the way that we just did this with Antonio Freeman, and I can do it with Mark Teixeira. But there is one guy that I have the context for that would have been a massive help to the Baltimore Orioles at one point when they were I think competitive. I actually do know now. It's somebody does he that play I play two sports. He certainly does. Yes, that's a pretty obvious answer at this point. Uh, let's talk more about the Ty Gurley thing as well as what the Ravens have and have not done. Always enjoy our conversations with my friend Jeff Zrebeck from the Athletic, who's with us now here on GCR. Jeff, good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm all right, man. Um, I, I don't think there's a lot to be made of the Ravens bringing in Todd Gurley for a visit. I I don't know how anybody could be worked up about it one way or the other, right? Like, you, you got a lot of roster spots. If if Todd Gurley doesn't have options and, and wants to come in and compete for a, a roster spot, sure. I think there can't be any expectations for him. Am, am, am I, is there something here that I wouldn't think? It just seems like a big nothing to me. Yeah, I mean, well, he, this guy was once, you know, looked at as one of the best backs in the in the NFL, and he obviously has a big name. So I, I think you obviously uh, – that's why it's generated so much attention, and, and it would be kind of notable if they did sign him. But right now, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. My question would be going forward. I mean, would Todd Gurley be a lock on this team? And then would we sort of see what we saw early last year – where they kind of tried to force feed three running backs, and I think it held down their, you know, I think it held back their running attack a little last year. I think they tried too hard to get everybody involved early last year rather than just riding, you know, two guys, Mm -hmm. the best two guys at the point. And I think it affected them until later in the season when they clearly became, you know, the Dobbins and Gus Edwards show, and, and, and the running game, you know, went to a whole new level. So, uh, But that's not a question you ask now. I mean, that would be a question you'd ask if they signed him and he got through camp and it was clearly he was going to be on the 53-man roster. Um, because, you know, I think we all saw last year the challenges of, of having a, a third veteran back 
active every day that doesn't play special teams and and you know we but we can go there at a later date and, and, and yeah and, and Jeff you know? I agree I agree I would say if, if that's the case it's a problem but if it's hey you know we, we're gonna go through a preseason this year and three preseason games and a training camp and unfortunately we never know when somebody might get hurt and and having another veteran around and not somebody that we have to guarantee anything to like that to me that that's more this is the that can't hurt, you know, like side of it. Yeah. I, I agree with the part that you're saying. If this is about, you know, putting another guy in the rotation, and I can't fathom that being the case at this point, yeah, I, that's a problem. But, you know, we got to realize that Jamal Lewis got hurt on the first day of training camp once, you know. Like, that, these things occur. I don't think it hurts to have a veteran lying around um, when you've got 90 roster spots to work with. Yeah, no, me either, me either, Glenn. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think the uh, two undrafted kids from the last couple of years, the kid from Saginaw Valley, and um, obviously you have Tyson Williams from Utah. They haven't. I don't think they've shown a ton. Um, you know, maybe still one of them on the practice squad. But the reality of getting through the season at a demanding position like that, and now a 17-game season, and thinking your top three backs are going to be available for all 16 games is, uh, you know, that, that would be a tad optimistic, especially with how much the Ravens run the ball. Uh, so lining up a, a veteran who you trust, and to step in, you know, I have no problem with that. And if they're just taking a look at a guy and, and Todd Gurley's willing to come in and compete, uh, you know, with a really low salary um, and, you know, knows there's no promises here, is prepared just to do his part, you know, why not take a look? You know what I mean? It's a cool story. You know, yeah, Baltimore kid, right? Yeah. You know, it's always a cool story. I know you guys have been talking about it this morning, but yep. it's always cool to see a, a Baltimore athlete who was uh, – you know, a big-time star uh, at one point and has uh, a high-profile league uh, come back to Baltimore to play. I mean, he, he's been uh, very clear in the past that, he's, you know, he grew up a Raven and Oriole fan even when he moved out of, you know, Baltimore to young age. Oh, my God. He was, you know, he was trying to get Manny Machado to stick around in Baltimore <laughs> years ago. No doubt. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's a neat thing. And that's, you know, I, that's not the reason to do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, no but, no, it, it's one added uh, layer to, uh, to the story when it comes to Ty Gurley. Jeff, are you surprised that we are this – I feel like I'm going to ask you this every time we talk. Are you surprised that we're this far into sort of reopening day for the Ravens and free agency and they still haven't gone, done anything as far as a veteran edge rusher is concerned? A little bit. And, I, you know, I think it kind of ties back to the first two questions too, Glenn. Uh, you know, like I think when you, you see reaction and, and the naysayers about Todd Gurley – it's not really about Todd Gurley. It's more about why isn't this an egg rusher? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's what, you know, I think people look at it as an either-or and, like, their focus is on running back and it should be an edge rusher. Well, that's not the case. You know, opportunities to add players come up. The Ravens aren't in control of that. If you get win, if you like Gurley a little, want to take a look, and you get win that he's kind of moving and it's in the sign somewhere, now's the time. I mean, you know, I think in the case of pass rushers, there's a couple situations where guys aren't ready to sign. Um, there's other situations where guys want well more, you know, well more money than the Ravens are willing to give right now. And then there's a couple other guys who are dealing with injuries or not completely healthy, and you kind of have to wait on anyway because they wouldn't uh, fail the physical, or because excuse me, because they wouldn't pass a physical. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I'm a little surprised they haven't gotten that guy. But you're at the point now where anybody you sign, you know, is really not going to be able to do much early next week at the veteran minicamp, and then there's nothing for over a month. So you're at the point now where as long as you have a guy headed into, you know, ahead of training camp, um, you know, you're going to be fine. So I don't think you have to rush anything now. 
Um, but, you know, when we get towards training camp, you want the guy to have a playbook in his hand uh, a little ways before camp so he's not starting, you know, behind the eight ball. Um, you know, I do. I think they'll sign a guy. I, I do. But I, I, I don't think they're desperate to, uh, Glenn. I think they could live with it. Uh, I don't think it's ideal, but I think they could live with it if this is the group they bring to training camp and uh, full well knowing there will be opportunities later in training camp and in season to add another guy. How much of their maybe acceptance of the roster currently at Edge Rush has to do with maybe their confidence? And I know that they're not like doesn't just because you have one doesn't mean you shouldn't have the other. But their confidence in the pass rush they're able to generate from the interior from guys like Matt Wike and Calais Campbell. I think it's yeah. I think that's something to do with it, and I think it's just you know they need a pass rusher. I would agree with that. But this team has had a number one third down defense in the NFL over the last three years without an elite pass rusher. This team has led the NFL in points, uh, fewest points allowed per game over the last three years without an elite pass rusher. Now, I'm not sure in Matthew Judon. I thought Matthew Judon was a much better player than, than people gave him credit for, but he's not an elite pass rusher. I think most people would agree with that. So I think they've done it in the past uh, by relying on everyone, by relying on team, by relying on you know, Wink Martindale's blitz-happy, you know, attack and, and you know, just the, how creative their pressure packages are and their ability to get pressure. So I think it has all, that's all related. I think they have confidence that they'll be able to do it and get some pressure with the guys that they have because they've succeeded as a defense before without that elite guy. Um, and I also think they do have faith in the young kids. You mentioned Matt Abuke, man. Uh, I mean, he looks impressive. No doubt. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I know there's been some negativity about Owe, um, you know, around the Baltimore media a little bit and what they've seen in, in, in camp and in uh, rookie camp and OTAs. That's not shared in that building. They, they like this kid. They are impressed with this kid. Is, is he there yet? No, of course not. He's got a ways to go. Jalen Hayes has looked good. And, you know, they're, you know, Wink Martindale is an unabashed Jalen Ferguson fan. He said it from day one. He thinks this kid is going to be a player. So they do like what they have. The cupboard's not there, and they think they'd be more than capable with this group of creating pressure and having a pass rush with what they have. But that doesn't mean – you know, they're still not looking for opportunities, as we see with Gurley. They're looking for opportunities at every position at this point. Jeff Zrebeck covers the Ravens for The Athletic. He's with us here on GCR, and you can read more. He wrote recently about some of the options the Ravens would still have on the free agent market or, or players that could still be available. Um, Jeff, if I could, one more about Edge Rush. I, of course. Uh, it's, it's out there. I know Jason wrote about it. I got a text from someone that I know within football. Have you heard anything at all about Chandler Jones and – and whether there's some world in which, like, the Cardinals look at that situation and it becomes untenable at some point and he could be on the market? You know, I haven't, you know, yet. Um, you know, and that's not – that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, the, the Ravens don't exactly broadcast who nope. they're interested, who they're talking to. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, the reports out of there. And, I, and you know, I did read Jason's report. And, and then you see the reports that he's not attending mandatory minicamp. Yep. Um, you know – they obviously know Jones. They know the family. Uh, I think we all know that when it comes to people and positions that they're more willing to be aggressive and to ante up on. Uh, you know, you bet on the defensive side of the ball every time when it comes to the Ravens. They seem to be much more active and willing to be aggressive on that side of the ball in certain areas. 
So would I rule it out? No, if he's available, I mean, you know, this is an Arizona team, though. Right. I mean, they but... lost Reddick. Um, I know they drafted the kid from Tulsa, and I know they added Watt, but this is an Arizona team that kind of, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's playing yep. for his job this year, yep. I would think, coaching yep. for his job. So are you going to trade a, a, a stud like that? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if it gets to the point where he's refusing to play, I haven't heard it at that point yet. But there will be a lot of questions there, Glenn. I mean, he's in the last year of his deal. Yep. So you'd have to extend him to get him to come, or he's just going to come to Baltimore unhappy. You know, he, he wants a new deal, and he wants to be paid big time, and then you get in the same issues of, will the Ravens commit that much and all that. But – you know, I don't dismiss the Ravens on anything. You know, DeConstant's a big game hunter. If he's available, I'd almost guarantee he's at least made a call. Doesn't mean they're serious suitors, but it means that, you know, they're willing to kick the tires on anybody. But it, it does make some sense. But with Arizona, uh, I don't know. You know, if I'm, if I'm Chandler Jones and I'm in the last year of my deal and I'm not getting paid this year, I'm saying, okay, I'll go play with J.J. Watt and, and on that team and, and get huge numbers. And then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the free agent market. Um, how serious was the Ravens' interest in Julio? Was it a matter of the Falcons saying, we think the Titans' second-round pick is better than the Ravens' second-round pick, or was it just the Ravens maybe weren't as involved as we had hoped? I think they weren't as involved as people hoped after a certain point. Um, I do think, and it's not a thing, I know they were they were aggressive before the draft. Well, you know, as aggressive they could be. There was offer made, there was, you know, you know, there was some talk in that building that, you know, this was a possibility. Um, and then as they, you know, you get, get into it and you learn that Arizona was insisting on a number one pick at that point. Um, and you learn that they weren't interested in helping at all with Julio Jones' salary. And then I think the Ravens' interest waned a little bit. You know, there was kind of the, the talks with, with involved picks never really got anywhere, never got off the ground because Arizona was still looking for, uh, you know, first round or plus at that point, apparently. So, um, but I think where it, it was overstated was since, since the draft. I think after the draft, uh, you know, the Ravens kind of were just on the periphery, he never really dove back in, uh, you know, to to really give Arizona much else to consider beyond the pre-draft talks. And I, you know, I think that had something to do with Bateman and, and Tylon Wallace. Uh, I also think it had something to do with, um, you know, they just spent a, a good bit of money on Villanueva and they'd even less cap room to make things work. And if Arizona wasn't going to help, there wasn't, you know, they just didn't feel like it was going to make a ton of, it was just going to be a real difficult, real prohibitive to fit that co- that entire contract and what else they were going to have to do and what that meant for the rest of this season and, and sort of in the future in terms of a cap. Um, you know, I, just one more in this Jawan James situation. I, is there any world in which it's not a certainty that, that he's missing the entirety of the year? Is, like, is this structured in a way that we say, no, we know. There's just no way that he's on the field. This is entirely about 2022. And, and, then, and is it at all odd – in light of the fact that they'll still be on the hook for some of Villanueva's money in 2022, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's 100 percent ruled out that he'll play this year. Okay. And you know, you go back to his injury; he injured it. You saw the original reports, and then you saw some of the reports after he got looked at by a doctor, got the MRI, and there seemed to be a sense that this wasn't a bad Achilles rupture Achilles tear now that's easy for us to say an Achilles injury series any way you look at it I think the Ravens are expecting him to miss the entire season 
but they're not completely dismissing the fact that there could come a point, uh, you know, later this year where he made some really quick progress and he's becomes a player for them. I think they know it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. And then you get in the question, you know, you, you hope to be in a playoff chase in, in November and December. Do you trust the guy that, you know, has been dealing with Achilles and play, has played in like three games the last two years to go on the field and, and, and play in this sort of stage? And, you know, I think it's unlikely that you see him this year, uh, but I don't think it's completely being dismissed, uh, you, you know, by the Ravens that he could help them this year if everything went absolutely perfectly. At Jeff Zrebeck, of course, is how you follow him on Twitter. Uh, we st- uh, I still need to play tennis with you at some point, dude. I need to. Absolutely, I need to. Man. I'm, yeah. I'm going to send you a text in the next couple of days, and I know it's hot. Sounds good. I, it's and hot. I haven't played. Have years, you guys so played? My game is my game is ripe for the picking for you. Wonderful. Uh, I because I, I, I've played a lot, and I'm not good right now. <laughs> it's it's bad at the moment. Have it's, you guys played since the night that I met Glenn at? WMAR no, station. No, we probably been, we were we've been planning. Tennis. We've been planning this for seven yeah. years at this point. <laughs> yeah, and I used to play with uh, David Ginsburg. Uh, Ginsburg now Ginsburg play, and those guys play. Yeah, and, those guys you know, play. We used to have a weekly thing going. You know, once I had, you know, my son came the yep. uh, last couple of years, and you know what that does, Glenn. <laughs> I know, I know. I I get together. I I play once or twice a week with some friends, but I think they're making me worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm the like lower in my level. It's been bad recently. Like I, I'm still the best of this group, but that ain't saying a lot. <laughs> that's not saying much. At Jeff's Rebeck, that's how you follow him. Of course, make sure you're sub- subscribed to the Athletic. Easy for me to say. I talk for a living. Uh, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My pleasure, guys. Always enjoy it. Have a good rest of the week. See you, buddy. Jeff's Rebeck. Yeah, that was a that was a mess. Apologies for that. Ah, uh, we are about to wrap up hour number one. Look at how that happened. It went Go yes. by pretty quickly, huh? Yes, you guys finally got my answer. It is Brian Jordan. To me, it is an obvious answer, and, and we'll talk about it more on the other side of it, on the other side of this break, as to why it is obviously my answer. But continue to get your own responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I think Twitter. people forget about him because he wasn't Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones, you know? Okay. I mean, you, you, um, but as he a, was before that. But you understand what I'm saying. I don't think I, I understand what you're saying. Me? I was like four years old. Uh, that's what I'm, I don't understand the comparison. Hey, I don't really get it. Can I live? Yes. I don't really know how these things are related. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort or convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. We'll come back in. We'll talk more about that later on in the hour. Mike Bauman. The Bowie Bay Sox is going to check in with us, one of the Orioles' top pitching prospects. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Give the gift of golf this Father's Day. Tickets to the 2021 BMW Championship in Baltimore are available now. BMWChampionship.com. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. A Thursday edition of the program. Yeah, my question today, my think tank at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. The uh, Baltimore native, and I said extended, but Baltimore extended, not, don't go crazy, who's the Baltimore native 
that never played for the Orioles or Ravens or Colts that you most wish would have. And again, I get why a lot of you are going to Al Kaline. He's he is a great player. But as I said before, I cannot provide the context, and I don't think you're considering the context. And I think the context matters in these circumstances. It was left field was Frank. Right was for the Orioles in '66. Yeah. Oh, um, God! Thanks for putting me on the spot. Um, we had, was Bumbery in center? I think he was in center. Yeah. Hang on a second. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And I should have known. Oh, Paul Blair would have been in center, right? Yeah. Paul Blair would have been in center. Look, I'm not. I don't want to spend. I don't want to spend more time on that. But I mean, in theory, right? Like you can't give context. Yeah. Paul Blair was in center, and Frank was in right. So then, and. You know, I mean, like Kurt Bleffery was in left. You could have put him in left, right? Like, and chances are, you would have I been a better team. I don't know that. I don't. I don't know that they would have acquired Frank Robinson if they had LK. This is why I can't talk. We're doing this thing that I can't give context to. I don't know if the Orioles would have acquired Frank Robinson if they had LK line. I kind of think it was all things being equal, sort of thing. If we're talking about just that, subbing that, one guy for another on the roster. You know, like if you but were that, to just that's that's brainless. That does. Well, then we're just listing players at that point. Like it's Steve Perry. Thank you. Appreciate that. We can just start listing names. We can just uh, uh, John Johnson. I like like we can Jim just Johnson. do that. Like I need. Thank you. I I need to be able to give context to this, and I can't. I can't give context to what it would have done for the Orioles of the '60s. Yes, I understand why your thought is Al Kaline is one of the greatest players that ever played, and so if you just had him, everything else would have remained the same. You're trying to do a, you know, you're I guess um, ignoring the butterfly effect in all of this, right? And I'm not looking to do that. I want to give context to having this conversation and what it would have done. And there's one that I can specifically give context for. And that is Brian Jordan. Brian Jordan is the one I can specifically give context for for the mid to late 90s Orioles. And I get that by the time the Orioles tried to sign Brian Jordan after 1998, when they brought him in and they, you know, they gave him the, the hero's welcome back home, and that, that by that point, the Orioles were already very much on the downturn. And it's funny, it, if Todd Gurley had been a Raven or a rookie in 2014, the answer might have been him. <laughs> what year was his rookie year? 15. 15? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really hard to, to suggest. Right. But in 14, with after the Ray Rice fiasco, yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley would have been a super help, but no, it doesn't work. And then in context, it does not work. Um, but... That those St. Louis Cardinals era Brian Jordan years would have been really helpful had they been playing out in Baltimore. His rookie year was 92 after he decided to focus on baseball instead of playing both sports. And Brian Jordan quickly became a really quality baseball player. The kind of player that was probably underappreciated during his time. Almost definitely underappreciated. Now, it took him, you know, a year. He wasn't immediately great. And you could say that his best years were after he went to, to St. Louis. Or, sorry, after. No, he weren't, his best years weren't in Atlanta. Well, one of his they best years was in Atlanta. St. Yeah, Louis one was of his, his best year, 902 OPS. Right, correct. You would say that. Um, but even in 96, 
Rough 97. Ironically, well, he was hurt in 97. He didn't really play. So, ironically, the Orioles' best year, which was 97, would not have lined up. And that might have been when they could have used Brian Jordan the most because Eric Davis had had cancer at that point, right? Like, you know, you could make some sort of point in all of that and say there is something to it. They would have been better in 96 with him. They certainly would have been even better in 96 with him. There's no question about that. And I don't know if it would have extended in 98. I don't know if any of the guys that ultimately didn't stick around would have been more inclined to stick around had Brian Jordan still been part of the team at that point. I don't know if it would have changed the way that the Orioles thought or Peter Angelos, the way that he ran it. I don't, I can't, this is the butterfly effect stuff that I can't, I can't say with certainty, but I do think matters. I think Brian Jordan on those mid to late 90s Orioles teams and in the world in which I can I can extend him because this is a hypothetical, um, would have made a significant difference in context, and that's why it's the answer to me. Somebody joked, "Well, you could have had him on both teams." Well, the Ravens didn't exist when Brian Jordan was playing football, so no, that that actually would not have worked out. You couldn't have done that. But I get why it is that you want that to be the case because it seems neat. A lot of you are pointing out this is an unfair question because Baltimore's best athletes are basketball players. Well, that's not entirely true. That's not, I mean, yes, there have been a lot of really good basketball players, and it would have been neat had there been a pro basketball team in town for Carmelo Anthony to have played for it. But there's not, and so it's a moot point. I mean, don't get me wrong. That would have been a neat thing to see or, you know, Muggsy Bogues year before, the years before that, or any of the other good basketball players that came through Baltimore over the years. But it does not qualify, not the way that it works from from Tom Tom says uh, Glenn it's an interesting question if only because I feel like the list of potential players is actually quite short I think that's why everybody's falling back to K-Line is because they're just saying he's the greatest as you pointed out Babe Ruth wouldn't qualify because the Orioles were not an option back then I guess my question for you is this who's the guy they truly had a chance to grab not just a hypothetical but truly had a chance to grab that it most bothers you they didn't. I mean, that's an interesting way of posing it, Tom, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Like, it's a share, it, right? Like, it, no, the, the share thing will never inherently never bother me. But I don't I, know who else would. Uh, like to me, I would at at that age, not knowing how bad the Orioles were about to be, I desperately wanted Brian Jordan to sign here. When I, I don't think anybody realized just how much everything was about to fall apart in Baltimore. And so even then, after they had had a down 98, I still wanted them to sign Brian Jordan in hopes of him being a centerpiece to keep that thing afloat. Sure. The Teixeira thing, I mean, it would have been neat to have a player on the roster that was good, but those Orioles teams were horrendous. I, I, you know, I guess you could start doing the math of, you know, if they had signed to Shara and, you know, never never traded for Chris Davis, then they would have never given Chris Davis an insane salary, and maybe they would have given that money to somebody else, and it would have been... Like, you could start to do the domino effect, I guess, on to Shara and try to convince yourself that that's the reason why that's the answer, that if they had to share in 09, then they never trade for Davis. They probably still acquire Mark Reynolds because Mark Reynolds would have been playing third base at that point, but he wasn't really a third baseman. He couldn't do it. So maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know if 2012 ever happens. Now, 2014 was 
was more about the rise of Manny Machado and Chris Tillman moving into that capacity. And by that point, they'd already traded for Adam Jones and Chris Tillman, so they were already there. Yeah, like you could make the argument that like it's still going to come together at some point. It doesn't really line up with Teixeira's best years by the time you get to 2014. At that point, he was a 230 or 240 hitter. Right, so I don't... I think you kind of needed Chris Davis for... 2014 to happen no so butterfly I mean, effect. you have a dh and all that right like could you play both of them would it help them maybe yeah, right? maybe like, maybe you know what i mean like you could do the math i'm not i guess it's not an, an utter no to, to share it just and they doesn't did sort of piecemeal that dh for those years right like they were kind of platooning in 2012 for sure with dh um i don't know if there was this actually nelson cruz i take it back he was all right yeah uh, he, played outfield, yeah, he played outfield time, yeah he did yeah. play outfield at the time he did 100 percent and like yes, I in in your context, could they have drafted um, Kyle Fuller? Like, would that have been a, a good thing? Yeah, that would have been a good thing. I selfishly, I would have loved for Keon to have played here at some point, just because he was such a good guy sure. and he was a good football player, and it, it would not, not have hurt be an them. Impactful player. He wasn't going to change the right. fact that their offense was terrible at the time. Like he, but he would bring intangibles that you can't really measure. Also, well, one hundred percent. But he couldn't. He couldn't make Kyle Bowler a thing. You could have tried. Nah, no, he couldn't have. Like, it just would have been a neat thing for me and for a lot of people that cared about Keon around here to have had Keon play for the Ravens at some point. That would have been a neat story. The way that Tommy Polly got to play for the Ravens at one point, the way that, obviously, Dom got to play for the Ravens at one point, um, Terrence West got to play for a Ra- the Ravens. There have been a handful. Todd Gurley would certainly not be the first that would have gotten this opportunity to do it. Um, you know, I would have liked them to have drafted uh, the Quincy Roche this year. As it turns out, teams didn't think nearly as highly of Quincy Roche as some of the rest sure. of us did. So that's sort of what it is. He likes Charles Tapper a lot. He hasn't done a whole lot of anything. No, he's not done anything. He got hurt very early on in his career and just never, Ian never Thomas, became a thing. Panthers. He hasn't done anything. Got some playing you know, time. Like, he's got some playing time, but he hasn't done anything. Well, you haven't gotten playing time with him. Thank you. I appreciate that. You've you've nailed it. <laughs> you've you've solved it. Uh, Laquan, also obviously a Baltimore native, that sure. ended up playing for the uh, Ravens at one point. So it, it has been done a few times. Hayward Bay. Um, not really a Baltimore native as much as he played at McDonough. That counts. It, but it's not. He's like, he he's not a Baltimore native. It counts. It doesn't. You keep saying that. Also, I don't think that... He wasn't very good, I guess. Yeah, I don't know that, that he was a guy that you were really clamoring to have play for the Ravens at any point. Um, from Steve. Steve uh, asked this before the show. It's unrelated to the topic. At what point did the Orioles finally give up on Matt Harvey? Um... Whenever they want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why it may... Th- this is the part where when we get back to trying to care about results of games, I, you can't, I can't join you there. This comes down to the timeline for them, right? And I don't know why, that... I don't know that it comes to the timeline in any way. Like, I don't know that if Bradish gets four more dominant starts at AAA, right? Are they saying, okay, we're ready? It still seems like ready. a pretty quick rise no for no someone doubt. And that's that... what I'm talking about with the timeline, right? Like, do they feel as though this process for them at the rebuild is, okay, let's try to get guys to the major league level this year. Like, let's see if we can, in which case, then Matt Harvey but, shouldn't but I've, have But long. I've liked but to hope that all along that was not part of the process. I agree. Like, I've, I, I mean, if, if suddenly they're changing their mind in doing that, I think that's a far bigger problem. And somebody would say, well, why wouldn't Adley Rutschman be here next month? Well, if, if you're bringing anybody else up of that group, why wouldn't you just go ahead and bring the guy up that matters when you're looking around and seeing other players in that draft well, class that are already getting Bresh up? Well, you could has maybe more questions than a Rutschman, right? Like if I, you were to see how he would perform, give him the chance kind of thing. Now, look, I think Bradish is supposed to be pretty impressive. I don't I mean, know a, that there's a reason a, to force a, him up and not I don't think there's just, a reason to force anybody up. I agree. 
In I which don't case, think there's any reason why anybody. In the rotation. That, that's my point. I don't think there's any. I don't care about the results of games. I don't care when they lost 14. I don't care that they won five of six. Neither of those things impact me. We'll we'll get to that point. And I started the month we'll, five and one. Right? Thank you, Kyle. We'll get to a point. Dynamite observation on your part. This is why you're the best color analyst in baseball. Yeah, I know. Um, we'll get to a point where I'll prefer losses. We're not going to get to. A, I mean, it would take a miracle for us to get to a point again where I prefer victories. Um, we'll get to a point likely where I'll start openly preferring losses. The truth is, if anything. I've probably been more nod and acknowledge after losses than I've been able to enjoy wins. Outside I would say of, I'm largely outside of sort unique of, circumstances. Yeah, outside of when players who are we like and root for are just killing it, right? But I would still prefer for I'm, players to kill it and then ultimately for the final score to be I understand. You know, nine to eight or something like that, right? Well, I, the pitchers didn't kill it. But. Well, I, last night, Matt Harvey didn't kill it. and Well, he did kill it. And the the lineup didn't do anything. He right? killed something. Well, thank you. He yeah. chances of winning. <laughs> Correct. He did do that. You're right about that. You nailed it. Um, this is the pro- the problem is when you guys get worked up about the results of games. I'm not going to be able to join you. The results of the games mean nothing to me. Zero. I don't care what the result of the game is. So Matt Harvey not being capable of pitching is no different than what we knew of Matt Harvey when the season started. Gun to your head, and they again, s- we say, like, yeah, right, not necessary. You might say, hey, keep him in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're rooting for them to right. lose, right, if you're outright rooting for them to lose. And I'm not really at that outright rooting for them to lose stage. And it's not apathy, but it's like uh, whatever happens, happens. Sort Correct. Of it's just acknowledging they're going to play games. The results don't matter to me yet. Yeah. Again, at some point when we start getting close, the results August, are going to matter to me. I will openly two be games up. I will and, be yeah. openly rooting for them to lose at some point. But we're not there yet. We're still at the point where if somehow they magically went on an Oakland A's win streak, it'd be fun. Right. It would be some neat story. So I can't do that yet. I can't openly root for them to lose baseball games. I'm not a monster. This is still the well, team separate. that it's a different unrelated. Right. right yeah. Correct. And that's only because you know she asked me to put the sure. costume on, and I said, "Look, I don't know why we're." We've been together for a long time. Really weird thing for you to just throw in now, but like, look. Everyone it, loves Sully, all right? Everyone I, loves Sully. I don't kink shame. I've made that very clear. By the way, successfully convinced the kickball team to change their name to We Don't Kick Shame for the summer. I'm very excited about that. It's uh, one of my greatest accomplishments in life. By the way, today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one on, over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com in order to get your free analysis. So if, if, you know, if you're screaming about Matt Harvey, that's fine. Like that, this was always going to be the story on Matt Harvey. We... we well, you had we a moment where you were like, man, maybe there's a chance, 360 RA. There was and, not. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. There was not a chance well, that Matt okay. Harvey Look, was you a... You can separate the side that he did pitch well for a short stretch. That's right? not a, Like, that means nothing. It meant at the time that you were like, man, maybe they can, and then reality struck, right? If, like, if, if you really believed there was a chance that Matt Harvey was becoming a pitcher again, you were doing that for your own edification. There was nothing that suggested that Matt Harvey was going to be a pitcher. Other here. than that four-game stretch. And you were like, man, I hope, I hope, I hope. Saying that like it's a thing. If it you were did doing happen. that, you were doing it for your but four games isn't a thing, Kyle. I get it. Four games and 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 not even it's not being horrible for four games is not a thing. 
It's not something that anybody holds up and says, this is evidence of anything. Nothing. It meant zero. It was only somebody trying to make themselves feel better. I want to believe. Which again, I get. That's You want to believe? You want to believe. That's fine. God bless you. But you have to acknowledge that's what you're doing. You can't try to pretend like that's some sort of sample size of something. That's not a real thing in any way. Matt Harvey was this guy. This was always who Matt Harvey was going to be. He's not a major league pitcher anymore. But the Orioles don't have major league pitchers. For what it's worth, Jorge Lopez has been far more of a major league pitcher than I thought he was. You could argue that he might, you know, that, that, that we have... Are you okay? Everybody? Drew wants me to call him and put him on for one minute to talk with you. About what? Lord knows, but I'm going to give him a call and just see what happens. What the hell? Is, I, don't, I don't care for this whatsoever. I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. I never like it. When we're in these situations, this is a really weird bit. Matt Harvey, I have I have no thought. They they want to let somebody else. If they think somebody else is ready to pitch, they want to put Dean Kramer back in the rotation. God bless. It's not gonna not gonna affect me in any way. They want to have Matt Harvey keep going out there for a few more weeks because they don't think anybody else is ready to pitch. Similarly, does not impact me in any way does nothing for me whatsoever. By all means, go right ahead and keep throwing Matt Harvey out there because the results to me don't matter. And that's why I'm sorry. Those of you, and i already forgotten who sent me this message earlier, those of you it does matter for, God bless you. God bless you. I, 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 I'm not mad at you that you still care about the results of the games. I just can't join you there, and that's why I can't get worked up. Would it stun me if the Orioles decide at some point soon that they've seen enough when it comes to Matt Harvey? It, it wouldn't stun me, no. But do I think they need to? Absolutely not. What, what the hell is this? You're the producer of the show. What is going on? What, 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 what can I do for you? You know, I was always predisposed to not liking OAR because of you, right? <laughs> okay. The song This Town might be a top 20 song ever. I only played it every day to start my show for years. I know. know. And I don't even know how I heard it earlier this week. (laughs) But I heard the song, and I'm like, where the hell have I heard this song Every day. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. And I didn't know, and, and I kind of forgot who did it. And I'm like... Okay, let me Shazam it. And I Shazammed it, and it was OAR, and I'm like, oh, right. By the way, Drew would do this bit where he would, like, find a reason to make fun of OAR. Like, for no reason whatsoever, other than because I guess he knew that I enjoyed their music and I was friends with them. Like, he would just find reasons to take shots. Like, how's OAR doing? (laughs) I'm not even sure they're any good, but that is a great song. Are you? And I just felt like calling you and telling you that. Are you having a stroke? Like, <laughs> no. Are you okay? Just, <laughs> I'm worried, I man. Felt, I thought I, I thought you felt, had a member guest today. <laughs> there's a Bible verse for this. Something about when you when you when your best buddy desperately needs you, come forth and give him something. Did positive. I did I desperately need you? <laughs> we had a. <laughs> 
pretty Matthew good. Matthew 2. Is Matthew that, that's in Matthew? 14. Wow. We, we, I thought we had a pretty good day today. We had some good guests on this show. I, thought, I didn't know that I saw so work. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. One, uh, so the Ravens are bringing in Todd Gurley for a look, right? Um, give me a Baltimore or, or Baltimore suburb native all time that never played for the Orioles, Ravens, or Colts that you wish would have. Well, I'll give you a current one. Okay. Gavin Sheets. Well, he's not at the major league level yet. <laughs> no, what he, he came up for two games. Oh, did he? I didn't even know he made his debut. I had no idea he even made his debut. Did he, did, he really? He didn't make his debut. He came oh, up he for came two up games, and didn't play. Okay. But he didn't get to play. Well, he's like um, a he's a buddy of yours. But uh, he is. Um, hey, how about the, how about the speaking of Calvert Hall? How about Troy Stokes? He came up and actually played. I thought he was still with him, but uh, maybe not. He might still be with them. It's totally possible. Yeah. Good kid. I mean, I, the Pirates offered me a chance. Yeah, I mean, in fairness. Name, a, name another Pirate right now. Yeah, right, right. By the way, right. hang on a second. Um, hang on. I'll, I'll do one better. I'll do one better for you. The, 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 the guy MLB, with the, the MLB second, leader in hits. The MLB season. leader in hits apparently plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Can you name him? I have no idea. It's, I couldn't even. Clint Hurdle. I couldn't tell you. One thousand percent. When Kyle told me that yesterday, I said, "I'm not kidding. I can't name a player." Troy Stokes is the only player that I can name for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's, it's uh, Ad- yeah, right. It's, and, it's, and that's it's, only because he went to Calvert Hall. Correct. It's uh, Adam. Fra- the answer to your Adam Fraser. The answer by the to way. your question is um, the answer to your question. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore guy that would have come back. Um. Well, it's kind of weird, right? Because the man, because the answer might have been Tommy Polly, but he wound up coming he back. Did. And he did wind up, but, but I could see you saying like, "Hey, I wish the prime of his career would have been in Baltimore." I mean, they were yeah. they were pretty good at the position for what it's worth. <laughs> well, and he was he was a good football player. He wasn't. No, he wasn't great. No, but he was. A, you know, he was a very good football player. He was a very capable. Tommy Polly was a hell of a player. Um. So you got to think too, NBA wise. We had a lot of them, but we never had yeah, a team. never had a team. Correct, never had a team. So I'll um, I'll give you like everybody's saying brainlessly Al Kaline, and I get it because he's the greatest okay. player. But like I just don't right. know enough about what the impact that of that would the Orioles have traded for Frank Robinson if they had Al Kaline on the team, and if they didn't right. trade for Frank Robinson, would they had still been just as good as they were if it had been Al Kaline out there instead of Frank Robinson? Okay, so I'm going to give you the obvious answer, and it's going to go over like a. Well, I, I, like a, a few people have said it already. I know what you're going to say. Teixeira. Yeah, so a, a few people have said Teixeira. The problem is the Orioles. Okay. Are just, obvious answer as far as a player who was great in the pros who was from right, Baltimore. And, and but it's just it doesn't seem like his timeline lines up with would have made the Orioles any different, right? Like No, but it would have been a really neat story. It would have been a neat story. Um, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not certainly going to suggest that it would have changed the fortune of the team, but at that time, 08, yeah, they, they were, were just... in the beginning stages of starting to maybe look like, you know, that's when they got Jones and and um, Tillman. And, I mean, you know, they started to look like they might be something. Well, and, and we were desperate for something that made us feel like it was real, like that, that they were actually going to try right. for the few years. So my so I guess he, was, he would be the answer. I guess selfishly. It would have been pretty cool for Keon Carpenter to have and played. And I, br- I brought up Keon as well. And, again, it's not like that. That wasn't the side of the ball the Ravens needed help on, right? Like, right. it wasn't going to change anything. Right. But it's just more about what we thought of Keon and how significant he was to the community, even as he was playing, maybe even more right. so when he was playing, that it would have been really neat for him to have Can been. Can you imagine, and this is, 
you know, this becomes part of like the sports jealousy that we have that we don't want to admit to. Can you imagine if we had an NBA team and Wingate and Williams would have played? Oh, it would have been really neat. I mean, like, it would have been. Imagine, like, just picking up and transplanting the entire Dunbar starting five onto a. Right. I mean, it just would have been insane. So my answer was Brian Jordan because okay. adding Brian Jordan to those mid to late. Now, by the time we got to 99, when he would have signed here, when they tried to sign him, obviously the Orioles ended up being terrible. But if you had the the Brian Jordan of the mid to, to start the late 90s on those teams, right. I think it makes them even better. And get, I'm not telling you they win a World Series, but it gives them an even better chance of winning a World Series. I, I would have agreed with you. I, I mean, I think that's a good one. I, I, I think my answer, my final answer would be, of without creating a – scenario like I just said about Will, Wingate and Williams. Um, you there? I think my final answer, yeah, my final answer would be to share. I'm trying to come up with something better it. than that. I get it. I completely um, get it. Kyle brought up, but you know, uh, he grew up, but you know, he grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, he loved Don Manningly, baby. They love I mean, how Don. can you, how yeah, can right. you deny a guy who grew up a Yankees yeah. fan and got to go play in the Bronx. Well, everybody knows when those Don Mattingly-era Yankees, you just couldn't take your oh, eyes yeah. off those teams. They when, were... when, he was th- when he was three. Correct. No doubt about it. The Yankees gave him $180 million and said, hey, by the way, who'd you root for when you grew up? And he <laughs> said, who do you think? By the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this. St- I don't know if I've ever told the story on the air. Um, a few years back, Eunice had me do a project for him. He calls me out of the blue one day. He's like, hey, bro, I need you to go to the stadium today. And I'm like, all right. He's like, I'm going to pay you. I need you to interview Giancarlo Stanton for me. I'm like, what? Like, is this a mad lib of some sort? Like, why do you need me to go interview Giancarlo Stanton? He's like, well, we're working on this thing. It's a project we're putting together for um, for Major League Baseball for the guys that were in the last vote for the All-Star game. We're doing little videos for social media for him. I need you to go do it for me. I'm like, all right, well, you know, do I have to be in the video? Because I didn't wear a shirt today. And he was like, no problem. So I go down there. And he's like, what, what I need you to do is get him to talk about how much he loves New York. Like, he's, we're supposed to be, like, firing up New Yorkers to vote for him. Oh, right. So, right. I, like, we sits down with me in the dugout. First of all, I was told it was going to be an hour long. When they got there, he was like, he's got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need an yeah. hour, though? I this? don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And it was like the, they had a double header the day before. It was an <laughs> afternoon. I mean, it was just it was insane, these circumstances. So I sit down with him, and I'm like, and I start the thing, and the cameras are rolling. Said your favorite pizza place in New York, Sparrow. And I swear to God, he just like sits there, he says nothing, and he looks at the PR guy. He's like, "Can you give me something? Like, can you oh. give me the name of a pizza place?" I was like, That's "Who? Hilarious. Who are the? Who are the Yankees that meant the most to you?" And he just looked. Right. And he's like, "He's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but what, how could you not know? What, what should I? What should I say? Like, it was like, he was how like, about Babe Ruth? Right, like, like, well, that's what he said. He's like, would would Reggie Jackson have lined up with my age that it would have made sense? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So I told you. I think I know. I know. I've said this before. I told you my John Teixeira story. I was playing in the Maryland Open at Chartwell the summer of '08, so or summer of '07, because he signed in the off season of '07 into '08. So it yeah. was in the the summer he was a free agent. I am getting transported. You couldn't. The way the golf course is configured down there, you had to get a ride from the tenth hole to, to from the 10th hole, old 10th hole to the old 11th hole. And they had members of their club riding people, shuttling people. I get in this cart, 
And on the front, it says John Teixeira, Severna Park, Maryland. And I immediately know, oh, Severna Park, Teixeira, got to be his dad. You know, get in the cart. I don't say a word. He doesn't know who I am. I say, so where's your son going? And he looks me straight in the eye and he goes, Whoever will pay him the I most. I mean, that's money. of course. By the way, I appreciate the honesty. Right. Because <laughs> like, remember, he was talking about going to the Nationals. Yep. yep. Not going to um, you know, he was talking about the Orioles and the Nationals. Um, but yeah, his dad said whoever pays him the most money. Of course, so. and, and and he was correct. That was exactly where he was going. Well, I just wanted to pass that note right, on that. Thank, thank you, thank you am, buddy. I'm I'm offering you a, an apology. <laughs> a, you know. A, a, a they, human, I am offering you an apology for all of the years of <laughs> Weird hassle thing. I gave you about those the guys. Old, and you know what's funny? I never, have a good song. Uh, by the way, they've got other ones, too. Um, oh. I've, I never gave, I've never given you any crap about Springsteen. Like, I don't love him the nope. way that you do, but I, I right. appreciate Springsteen. Right. I never give right. you any crap about the cars. The only, so, I did used to do this to Rex Snyder, though. I did used to do this bit with him and Van oh, Halen. Oh, about Van Halen? Because he was so obsessed with them and, like, pretended as though they were better than any, I'm like, I'm like, Van Halen's fine. Like, they had some good songs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to say Van Halen was terrible. And my God, Eddie Van Halen was about as talented a human right. being as ever lived. But, like he would treat them as though they were truly the greatest rock and roll band that ever lived. And I was like, dude. Like, right. So th- I, I, ended up, I ended up doing that bit that you did with me with Rex Snyder. Right. right? Like, I ended up doing the same thing. But I was always good to you in your music choices. In I fact, know. I think it's and how I, we initially I'm, bonded. I think it's We the, did, because you knew where 311 was from. Yeah, something like And Sprung Monkey. You, asked, you were like, where's, yep. where's Sprung Monkey? I said, where's, I said, if you answer this question, dude, you can come to Baltimore. Where's yeah. 311 from? You're like, Come on, bro. Yeah. Omaha. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, like, you know what? This kid's not too bad. Yeah. And he's drunk. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had no idea where I was that night. All right, yeah, drunk. Yeah, not, all right, so I apologize for all all the years of grief. Well, this is that a is weird... a good song. I, I, okay. I, that's the reason why I started my show with it every day. Every I day I started my show with They would get messages from people about it. They would message right. me. Like, I would hear. Right. All right. All right. I, I, all right. I, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. See yeah. you. Drew Forrester. That's what he called in for today. Imagine if we actually had stuff today. Imagine if we had like wouldn't have put him on. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did have stuff. It just well, it was happened to be the in time that moment. It, yes. it happened to be the moment where we had nothing going on. Yeah, that was a real true. That's a completely true story about Giancarlo Stanton. By the way, he, he. I mean, it's not surprising. He literally every question I asked. It's a little surprising he couldn't have just named the Yankees from the nineties, right? Right, like, like he just couldn't Bernie have said Williams, Bernie Williams, right? right? Derek he, Jeter. Been I remember. A fine I remember him saying specifically. Would it be weird if I said Dave Winfield? And I was like, No, if it meant I was something like, to you. I was like, Are you asking me? Right, like, yeah. like you clearly know who right, he is. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just say Dave Winfield? Right. It was so uncomfortable, and th- so he gave us like five minutes. He's like, All right, I'll be back. Um, and then and then on top of that, Eunice wanted us to get B roll of him, like getting ready for the game. And so just the Yankees, flexing. we were doing this for the Yankees apparently. So the Yankees had approved all of these things. And they were like, you can follow him onto the field and do all this stuff, right? You were like, I don't know how to work a camera. And then, this is not a joke. Again, I don't think I've told this story. Not a joke. A guy approached me. So the game's about to start, right? Like, a guy in the dugout. And I'm I'm still down in the dugout. It's me and Eunice's camera guy. And this guy, larger gentleman, approaches me and said, it's time for you to go. It was CeCe's about you. I said, well, hang on. (laughs) Don't read ahead. I said, I said, "Uh, I'm... I'm I'm with the Yankees today. Like I, I showed him the badge. It says Yankee. I'm like I'm 
I'm a Yankee. <laughs> and by the way, God knows what I was wearing because I did not know I was doing this on the day that it happened. And um, and he's like, dude, I don't care who you are. I was told you need to go. And I was like, well, did you talk to the Yankees? <laughs> like, the Yankees are the ones that have me working here. He was like, and he pointed over. He said, see that guy? And it was CC Sabathia. <laughs> said, that guy said, you need to go. That's and so when funny. that guy says, you need to go, you need to go. <laughs> I said. So he just didn't like the way you looked. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And I like looked at him, and I was just like, I see. see. I was like, dude, I got like we're here doing a thing about Giancarlo Stanton for the All Star game, and he's like, guy, I don't know what your story is. I don't care. I have a job, and my job is Sabathia when that happy. guy says you gotta go. I say you gotta go. I'm like, can I at least wait for the PR guy to come back? And maybe it's like, no. You got to go or else the next step is there's going to be a police officer informing you that you got to go. And I was like, all right. All righty then. <laughs> Get in the tunnel, call Eunice. I'm like, hey, bud, didn't go quite as well as you wanted it to go. Talk to CC. Yeah. All right. Today's show also brought to you uh, by, who? how about, uh, oh, you know what? This was brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We had a wonderful day yesterday because Glory Days Grill sent us some food. Oh, that was such a treat. Love Glory Days Grill. Of course, you know, I mean, come on, it's Glory Days Grill we're talking about. The wings are phenomenal, but that they've got the, was great. oh yeah, the strip steak, really the New was. York strip steak sandwich, which Had is it on for both my meals yesterday. It's on the anniversary menu. You you can still get it right now, as well as the smoky thigh wings, the turtle cheesecake, the um, silver anniversary IPA. They're all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com in order to find out more. We'll come back in, make our weekly trip to Bowie, chat with Michael Bauman. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, this is Chris Rowan from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota and Bella Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Every week we make a trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay of Sox. It's a pleasure this week to welcome back in Orioles pitching prospect Mike Bauman to the show. Mike, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Always always a pleasure talking to you. All right, give me your give me your all right, uh, um, uh, PPR uh all top top 10 rank me your top 10 for 2021 for 2021 yes we're talking fantasy football of course we are ppr 100 <laughs> percent. Oh, give me a top 10 ranking um uh regardless i you know i i, I don't know if you're an all running back guy but throw you know regardless of position give me a full top 10 ppr for 2021 okay off the top of my head we're gonna go christian mccaffrey yeah i mean seems like a solid pick yeah yeah solid pick dalvin yeah. cook okay I got Zeke having a big comeback this year. Really? Really? Yeah. That's bold to put him that high. Okay. Yeah, no, I got him in there. And then I'm going to go uh, Devontae Adams. It's tough because it's Aaron Rodgers. But, um, no, let's go Derrick Henry. Okay. Top five. Saquon. It, it seems like you're expecting a step back from Kamara with Breeze gone. Yeah, I am a little bit. Really? Interesting. Okay. I still got him in the top ten. He'll be like number eight. Okay. All right. Not all a right. bad place to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I can get Kamara that deep, I'm all in, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, all and then in. Then you go uh, DeAndre Hopkins at six, right? That's a pretty. That's yeah. Seven. Let's go, Justin Jefferson. 
Ooh. It, Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I like that. He's, he's, he's there for my I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a monster. I'm a little biased. Bias. Sure. Okay, but he was a monster, He's man. He was an unbelievable monster, and I regret not taking him in the many opportunities that I had last year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You so should. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going Kamara eight. Kamara eight. Yep. Okay. And then let's go. Um. Let's go. Um. Let's go. Let's keep uh, Devonta Adams in there at nine. Okay. All right. So. And then. Yeah, one more. And then ten. Down. Oof. Who's gonna take that spot? Let's go. Uh, Nick Chubb. All right. Have you? Are you? Are I like you aware this list. By that the way. you left off Saquon Barkley. No, he didn't. He had fifth. Oh, okay. He had no, Barkley fifth. Yeah. Is McCaffrey? I Derek Henry was fifth. McCa- no, he was fourth. McCaffrey, Cook, Elliott, Henry, Barkley, Hopkins, Jefferson, Kamara, Adams, Chubb. Not that was bad. a ten. I like that yeah. list. I like that list a great deal. Who's your sleeper? Who's your Who's your running back that you're taking in the third or fourth that you think's gonna end up in RB one? Um. Let's see. Um, I don't know who's out there. Oh, uh, Cam Akers. Mm. I can see Cam Akers. J.K. Dobbins. I really like J.K. Dobbins this year. Are you? Are you? I don't know if you heard. They're bringing in Todd Gurley for a visit. The Ravens are. You at all worried about Todd Gurley vulturing carries from J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards? No, that does scare me. I know he was like top, one of the top got top, uh, got top carries in the. Inside the five yard line last year, so mm, I don't know. Mm, don't care for that. I I would imagine if they're bringing him in, it's not because they envision a role for him at this point. But like, it's still Ty Gurley, you know. What I mean, <laughs> like, you still worry that that ends up being the case. Uh, you yeah. where, where did your where did your like like love for fantasy football become actually like, wanting to be a fantasy football analyst in your life? <laughs> where where did it go from just like the rest of us that just enjoy pissing our money away? Uh, to being like, I, I think I can do this, and I could maybe be like Matthew Barry at some point. I don't know. I think it just became a lifestyle because I got six leagues, seven leagues every year. I just can't say no. I can't I can't turn down a group of leagues. So <laughs> I think it's just become a lifestyle once September hits. <laughs> I mean, dude, do do guys come up to you like in the clubhouse looking for start of cinema advice? Do they do they literally or they text you like, dude, who who, who do I play this week? Actually, yeah, they do. Actually, I have one guy on Twitter who will DM me random messages. He's a Ravens fan. He'll ask me random questions. I get a kick out of it. That's really cool, man. That's really, really cool. Mike Bauman is with us here on GCR. Um, Mike, the, the feel at Bowie right now, um, and, and, and I know that it hasn't been perfect for you so far this season, but the feel of, of this team and these guys, I know it's not quite Major League Baseball, but have you ever felt anything like the electricity that's around this team right now? No, it's absolutely electric. But if I imagine a Major League Baseball team, it's this. These boys, these guys can play. So it's fun to watch, show up to the field every day. You know, you're going to get a show out of the the lineup. You know, you got from top to bottom in the staff, you know, you get, someone's going to go out there and, you know, put up zeros. And, you know, it's a really well-balanced team. The guys – blend together mesh well and you know the camaraderie's there the coaching staff's on board so you know it's it's a great atmosphere to be a part of i can like does it put pressure on you like when you make a start are you like god i can't i can't let they don't lose game like i can't let these boys down (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think honestly though i think you know you feed off of that you feed off of winning winning's contagious so you know if someone goes out and performs the night before it's like all right let's keep this momentum going let's carry it through the next night and Next thing you know, you're stringing together wins, winning six-game series. So, you know, I, I think it's 
a good environment to be a part of. You um, obviously get the opportunity to work with, uh, I, I believe the man actually walks on water, the guy that's catching you right now. What is it as big of a deal as people want to believe it is? Like what, what, how good he is and what he can do and how he can help you? Like is, is the Adley effect what we want it to be as Orioles fans? Yeah, you know, you see, he can hit, he can field, he can, you know, throw, you know, he can play. And but I think the biggest part too, you you love in a catcher as a pitcher is just the way he handles the staff. You know, that makes everyone around him better. So, you know, I, I think that's the best part about him. You know, you, you know, you love to see the perform the, the results he shows on the field. But you know, he's making these pitchers better and. Um, he's making the guys in the field a lot better too. So I think, you know, he he's really someone that we can get behind. Mike, let me go back. 2019, you're at the double-A level. You're pitching really well. You know, I mean, you're, everything is going the right way. And then, you know, the world comes apart, obviously, shortly after that. W- what was the last year like for you? Um, what all were you doing? How difficult was it? And how did it impact you getting back to baseball in 2021? Um, so in 2020, I went back, I went back to Jacksonville, Florida, um, for those few months that we didn't have baseball. I was just kind of trying to go from a garage gym to a local park and just trying to get my work in, um, you know, just focusing kind of on, you know, finding areas I could get better in. And, you know, once, uh, I went to alternate site in Bowie last summer and, you know, that was a lot of focus on development. So being able to have rep free errors without worrying about results, you know, throwing pitches and different counts, you know, you, stuff you want to really think about when you're in a game-like situation. Sure. So, um, yeah, so, and then, you know, kind of getting into the off-season leading to 2021, you know, then that's when you put your foot on the gas and, you know, you go out there and start competing and showing what you've put, you know, the work you've put in over the past year. Did you start putting, like, internal pressure on yourself as, a you know, a guy who was a college player and who's now getting, you know, you're into your mid-20s. Did you start – did you, and and especially going through what happened last year, did you feel like an internal clock of some sort, or that type of pressure coming into this season? Well, looking back at it, you know, you think 2019, I was like 23 years old, and I was like, wow, I'm young, right, and now right. I'm 25. But uh, no, you know, I every time I think about that, I'm just telling myself, you know, everyone's got their own timeline. You know, everyone's going through the same thing. Um, COVID affected everyone you know outside of baseball too in the country in the world so you know i'm just blessed to be able to come out on this field too so um yeah i I try not to think about that what what are the what are the biggest priorities for you right now other than just like stacking results and 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 getting out there every fifth day and sort of waiting your turn like what what is still on the list for you hey the difference between me right now and mike bauman the quality major league pitcher as part of this absurd rotation with, you know, Grayson and DL when we all get there, what's the biggest difference for you right now in those two things? I just kind of find the rhythm right now. You know, everything feels good. I'm happy with, you know, the way the ball's coming out. And for me, it's just like, you know, I'm going to go out every five, six days, whatever it is, and just focus on competing and, you know, staying true to who I was and, um, you know, I know it's in there, and you know, at the end of the day, I just got to go out and compete. You, um, I haven't been able to see you yet this year, so I need an update on and where's the flow situation. What's your hair looking like at these days, Mike Bowman? The, the flow? Yeah. Oh man, you should have saw it last year. Oh, I had it up in a bun and everything. Did you really? 
Yeah. Was that something that you had always wanted to do, and like it just the the pandemic provided you an excuse to do it? Was that the situation? Yeah, it just kind of happened after the 2019 season. I was like, well, I'm not going to cut it now, and it just went through the off season. <laughs> did it become like? Su- did it become? Hang on, did it become a bit of a superstition? Yeah, it did. A yeah, bit. right. Like it has to, doesn't it? You had a it hell did, of a yeah. 2019, man. Like, yeah, it was a good year for you. Can't mess with that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right now, it's probably where it was at at the end of 2019. What's what's what are the other? I don't know if we've ever talked about this, you and I. What, do you have other superstitions that we don't know about? Uh, no. Well, I got one big one. Okay. My sock first sock always goes on the left foot first. Now, when did okay? When did that start? What was the story? Was it something that you just that you always did and never noticed you did, and then you were like, once you realized it, what's the story behind how that happened? Uh, I think I started that in like middle school. It's just kind of a feel thing. It's just like a little OCD. And, um, yeah, I just got with it. I, I haven't put a sock on my right foot since middle school. Well, first. not first. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, first. yeah it's not pitching with one sock. <laughs> so it wasn't like you forgot one day and got rocked and you were like, what have I done? Like, I can't. I got to go back to the left. No, 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 no. <laughs> if, if I do that, then I'll be cutting my hair first. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, wait a second. You had a rough start a couple starts ago, didn't you? I did. The past so, few starts have been rough, so I'm uh, thinking about it. I was going to say, like, at what point do you say we have to sacrifice the hair to the, the pitching gods because we got to make sure this doesn't happen again? Yeah. So I've been thinking – actually, we're in Binghamton, New York right now, so I'm thinking about going out. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I don't know. Should I <laughs> trim it up a little bit? Should I shave the sides a little bit? I don't know. Have you considered the Kenny Powers? Um, I have. I I'm I'm very much in favor of it. I, I want to state that from for the afar. Record. It feels like whenever a baseball player goes for the mullet, their their respect around the world who's increases. The, who's the kid from Virginia right now that everybody's freaking out about? The the closer from Virginia. That's oh yeah. That's the that's Kenny Powers. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's and he's killing it, isn't he? He's killing it. He's got his team yeah. in the super regionals. I think you might have to, Mike. I think you might have to think about it, bro. Yeah, I think you guys got to get him on the show. Oh, mm. I think he's from around here too. Actually, I think he might be from. Uh, all right, I'll have to poke it. I got. I got to remember the guy's name first. Kenny Powers. <laughs> well, yeah, Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. Let's just get Danny McBride on the show. Actually, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> I think we could get Danny to come on as the kid from Virginia. Mm. That might be the way to play it. Um, uh, Mike, uh, the other one I was just thinking of as we were talking about fantasy football. Do you have any like inherent drafting rules, guys you won't draft? And I say that as. I don't care, even in the height of Bell and Brown, I I never, as a Ravens fan, I didn't want to have to be in a situation where I would want to root for the success of a Pittsburgh Steeler. Like, I just couldn't do that to myself. It, yeah. it, it was inherently, it was diametrically opposed to everything I knew as a baseball fan. Do you have any rules like that for yourself? Like, guys that you just say, come hell or high water, I'm not drafting this guy. Yeah, if we have a, if, if we have a rough season, me and a particular player the season before i have a it's, tough time it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter you're not going back to the well right and i've also i get too attached to players like julio jones is one of my favorite receivers in the league well, I, I mean, think he's the best wide receiver i mean and, it's probably worked out for you pretty well over the years yeah but it, it, last year he kept getting hurt and, yeah i hear you i hear you i still want to i'm actually the opposite of you though i'll i feel like i tend to stay away from vikings players because i don't want to 
it's your yeah. I get that. I get what. Like you, if they play bad on Sunday, I don't want that to affect my football team for, as well. For what it's worth, I I had that way about Ravens offensive players for a long time, just because the Ravens didn't have a good offense. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, I'm just not going to draft any Ravens because I know better. They're not now. You know, and then it cost me the chance. I could have been the guy that had Lamar Jackson and. Don't I yeah. feel stupid for not being that guy <laughs> at one point? Like, I definitely went through that, like, a, a phase of my life where I just refused to draft the Baltimore Raven whatsoever because I was like, we know what it's going to be. They're going to play 10-7 games all season. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that right. in my life. I ain't doing it. Uh, right. e- everything else good, man? Everything else in your life good? Everything, you know, like, uh, you know, other than trying to, you know, right the ship a little bit and, and, and get the results up? Everything else good? Yeah, I mean, family's good. I got a girlfriend now. She's good. Nice. You know, is 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 she, is is she here or in Bowie? No, she's uh she's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville okay. Florida. All right. So 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 how difficult? What, okay. It, how difficult is that? Like, is it is it where you know this is baseball, and so it's just a it's common understanding, like. And- or, or is it like the genuine? I really wish that like she would be around a little bit more often because, you know, it'd be nice to have somebody else helping out when I am home. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, you know, she's great. She makes it work. She's pretty low maintenance. So, um, you know, it, we kind of just leave it as I'll see you when I see you. You know, we try to organize trips for her to come out. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it's, it's pretty that's, just kind of go with the flow. I think so when you out. just say low maintenance, that's probably like you're hitting the jackpot. I think we just yeah, start with for sure. that. For what it's worth, uh, and I love her to death, but I have never described my wife in that way in my entire life. <laughs> So I think you're doing well, dude. Hey, um, uh, the Bay Sox, uh, right now, I have no idea why anybody wouldn't be trying to get their tickets to go see the Bay Sox because, my God, as Mike pointed, it could not be more electric. And everybody's there. This is the most loaded team in all of professional baseball, and they are back home next week for two straight weeks, starting on Tuesday against Akron. Two straight weeks of home games. Get your tickets right now by going to BaySox.com. Fireworks nights in there. Um, Wolf Wednesdays. Dog bandana giveaway. There's so much coming up. Koozie giveaways. They're all happening over the course of the next two weeks. Mike Bauman on social media, Twitter, Instagram, those places. Where are people giving you a follow? Uh, Big Mike. At, Big Mike Bauman. At Big that's Two Eyes. Two, yeah, it's like two Big Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give him a follow there. Dude, I always love when you're on the show, man. You kill it every time. Thank you for taking the time for us as always, brother. Let's do it again soon, all right? Yeah, for sure. I love it. Thanks, Mike. Mike Bauman checking in with us here on GCR. Great dude. Um, and again, obviously part of the uh, the uh, the pitching renaissance. Yes. And it's not been a great – he has not been off to as good of a start, start this season bit, than but. the other guys have. But there's enough of a track record there to believe that yeah. this can just be an ab- – and, and by the way, in 2019 at Bowie, he was dominating. Mm-hmm. He was dominating at Bowie in 2019. Of course, the world fell apart, or who knows where Mike Bauman might be at this point. But uh, Mike B. Mike B at this point. I like that, actually. I'm good with it. We, I'll let that play. Mm-hmm. I'll allow that one to play. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Tucker Fest, which is coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. I know that there's going to be live music throughout the day from Joey Harkham, Dave Teef, and much more. On top of that, there's a dunk tank. Jeremy Kahn's getting in there. You can knock him in. There's going to be a cornhole tournament, food trucks, other vendors. I'm actually working on maybe bringing another vendor out for a, a fun, free event as part of that uh, that day the entire day just to come out and be a part of the festival is free 
Now, again, like your food at the food trucks is not free. We are raising money for the Brigance Brigade because of this event. And the big piece of that is that you can meet the greatest kicker of all time. His name's Justin Tucker, hence why the event is called Tucker Fest. Get your meet and greet tickets for Justin Tucker that day right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great eights, great eight S memorabilia.com. While you're there, you can find out more about some of the other events, signings, things along those lines they have coming up, including a purple takeover at the State Fair, which is going to be awesome. But Tucker Fest is the big one. Two weeks from this Sunday, Tucker Fest. Jerry's Toyota, great8smemorabilia.com. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, tubular to wrap it up. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it Watch out! Oh For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at pressboxonline.com slash thebataround or at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports sports and social maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at live casino and hotel they take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100 foot media wall 47 foot big screen 40 hd tvs extensive beer selection big eats in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. 
Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenn Nothing but net. Back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's program also brought to you by Window Nation. You can take advantage of an amazing offer they have for you right now at Window Nation. Get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, so I'm one for two so far in the French Open women's semifinals, but I, I bet enough that I need the second one to go for me as well. And uh, this is apparently the weirdest match of all. They're just breaking each other back and forth. Like nobody can win a service game. <laughs> that is nerve-wracking for your boy. Uh, need uh, need Zachary to take care of business in the second semifinal, and that would be a good day for me. But uh, it is painful to watch. Nobody. It seems like two players who are very much not ready for prime time in a uh, French Open women's semifinal. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour, which was back last night with a very special episode. Um, sort of looking ahead to the BMW Championship, which, of course, is coming to Caves in August. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, by clicking on the videos tab. And uh, you can also find it today at pressboxonline.com. Stan uh, talked to Jack Voigt earlier in the week as well, and you can find that in the same locations. Baseball with Stan and Ross every Monday, and then uh, Newsmaker in Sports every Wednesday with Stan and Gary, all brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Get your free analysis right now by giving them a call, 410-401-9797, or going to C3America.com. Tidbit of the day. So, well, yeah, 14-1, not ideal, or maybe it is. Who knows? Regardless, I don't know if you saw. <laughs> what, what is 14-1? I gave up after a little yeah, while. Yeah, me too. Uh, Cedric Mullins continued to make some impressive plays. That catch in center field. That was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean it's, it is up there with the great catches. It's, it's not better than. It was, there was no, I mean, he had to do everything he did to catch yes, that ball. Yes, 1,000%. He was a it's, second it's, or a millisecond later jumping to get that. It's among the great catches in Camden Yards history. And it goes to show what, I mean, just, I mean, how special a defender he is in center as well. Sure. He had a 25 percent chance 
of catching that ball, according to StatCast. That was the most difficult converted catch by an Orioles defender all season. Not surprising, yeah, I mean, that, given yep, the right, play. Right. He is actually also, before last night, entered play, tied for second among Major League Baseball outfielders in outs above average. So, yeah, he didn't even need that one to make himself great as a defender. He's also hitting okay, too. So yeah, we I, like I've, that. I've heard. Well, between 2018 and 2020, that Cedric Mullins that we were talking about combined for negative 0.4 wins above replacement. Well... You can't even really multiply that to get what he's at now. Right. Uh, he has, in only three months thus far, put up a two, well, two and a half, a 2.9 wins above replacement. As of a couple days ago, he was first in the AL in hits, second in war, and third in batting average. Also, a little fun fact, he has now gone five for five twice this season. Yes. If he were to record a third... He would join Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, Stan Musial, Tony Gwynn, Ichiro Suzuki, Charlie Blackman, oddly, hey, yeah. oddly, Yunel Escobar, and oh. Ender Inciarte as the only players since <laughs> 19... like a really amazing list until you I got know, to the I end know. of it, and you're like, well, those guys are good. As the only players since 1901 to record three such games in a season, so keep your eyes out. He also has been really consistent. I refuse. Yeah. I will not keep okay. my eyes out. He's been incredibly consistent. Consider the fact that... On April 27th, Cedric Mullins ranked fifth in the all of baseball in wins above replacement. Well, as of, you know, now, June 10th, he's currently tied for fourth. So, just gotten better. All right. Who are the other four players thus far with a wins above replacement at 2.9 or above? There are four other players. Yes. Uh, Adam Frazier. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to guess... Where is Frazier on this list? Let me see how good he actually is. Like he's just a single hitter, you know? I'm going to guess... Vlad. Leads all of baseball. Okay. 3.5. Garrett Cole. No. John Means. No pitchers on the list. No pitchers on the list. Uh, how about? Oh boy, I really don't know. Hauser's belt. Hauser's belt. Acuna. Three point oh. Okay. Just ahead, or three point one? Excuse me. How about Shohei Otani? What does he count? Because I don't know how that. Uh, he counts, but he is not better than Mullins. 2.0 so, yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah. That guy sucks. I got to think some of that has to do with defense. Although apparently Otani, they say, could be one of the best center fielders in baseball if he played it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Uh, oh, Byron Buxton. No, I think he's been hurt, hasn't he? Oh, has he? I think he's always hurt. Uh, I don't pay enough attention to know that. I just thought of that because you said center fielder. None uh, of them are center fielders. Uh, the Winkler? Guys. No. Although... It was it Castellanos again? <laughs> you son of a bitch. There's so much Castellanos. Deep drive. 3.1 for Castellanos. a lot of Castellanos. Second in baseball and war. Is that it? Did I get them all? You have one remaining. A player we see a good bit of. A player we see a good bit of. So it's a Yankee. I didn't say that. It's a Ray. 
I didn't say that. Just I'm trying to get. I mean, to you're that. on the right track. Yes. It's is it? It's in the division. Yes. But I'm mean, like, there is are it, only so many is teams. It, is it a Yankee? <laughs> it's not a Yankee. Is it a Ray? No. Is it a Red Sox? Yes. God, I don't know why that was hard. You could have named the good players in the division. Bogarts. Yes. Okay. Two point nine for Xander right. Bogarts. I just because I'm not. I don't want to be here all day, man. I'm nervous about Maria Sacchari, bro. I got a lot on me. All right. Ease off me. I'm starving. God. All right. There you go. That's it. Tubular brought to you today by, oh, I know I owe this to somebody. I owe it to, um, oh, Tuckerfest again coming up on June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Great8smemorabilia.com right now in order to get your tickets for Tuckerfest. It's going to, or your meet and greet passes. The event is free. You can come out, hang out, but if you want to meet the greatest kicker of all time, you got to get your passes right now for the meet and greet at great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight. Uh, no Orioles tonight. Uh, the uh, second women's semifinal at the French Open continues on Tennis Channel as well as NBC and NBC Sports. It's such a, a, a facocta situation they have for covering the semifinals. Seems bizarre. Like NBC covers them, but they have the right to Air it. tape delay it. And so people got pissed off, and they said, all right, we'll put it live on NBC Sports Network, but it was already on the Tennis Channel. <laughs> so, like... It's just the most insane situation ever. And Masson's got Giants Nationals at 7, MLB Network Braves, Phillies at 1, Astros Red Sox at 7, Royals Athletics late, YouTube for Dodgers Pirates at 12.30. A lot of people are mad about this. The deciding game, the Women's College World Series has done tremendously well ratings-wise. It it's been awesome. It's been great theater. People are super into it. Deciding game three between Florida State and Oklahoma is at 3 o'clock this afternoon, and people are quite pissed off about that. Now, part of the story that people don't realize is that the final was supposed to start on Monday, but because of weather, they weren't able to start it until Tuesday. So had the final started on Monday, then Game 3 would have been last night. In primetime, no problem, because they had to push the entire series back. They were up against every other schedule. They are up against a few other things, which ESPN already has. ESPN already has on regular ESPN the NBA playoffs tonight. Oh, who cares about that? Well, it's kind of important. Now, on ESPN2, they had the, as we talked about with Stephanie Reddy earlier, the track finals. So... You can't move that event that's already scheduled and... Right. It's an, you're in a really weird spot. Now, somebody might say, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what's on ESPNU tonight. But is uh, that the question that becomes, are you... Right, are you... Going to get a bigger audience on ESPNU than you would... Are you getting a bigger audience on ESPN at 3 o'clock than right. you would on ESPNU and in prime time? I'm sure they and have I, the answer to by that. By the way, there might be something else on ESPNU. Uh, they, they've got another event. I don't know what it is. It's called the Lacrosse National Cup that they're well, airing we don't tonight know what on it is, ESPNU. Then. Yeah, then I'm going <laughs> to guess it's... By the way, I might find out it's related to Booker in some way, then I'll apologize for that. Um, but... So that they also have that issue where they have an, so I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. Somebody might say, well, what are they what are they showing on ABC tonight? You could have booted it over to ABC. It's been getting great ratings on ESPN. Maybe so, right? But ABC this is, has some shows going on. Yeah. But are they first run shows? Rebel. It's live. Uh, it's I don't, new. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's two hours of it tonight starting at I, nine. So I don't I don't I don't have these answers. I just don't have them. Could they Sorry. put it on at six thirty on ABC? Well, no, I don't. I think the local affiliates would not be thrilled yeah. about that. Can't just push all that, right? Um, I don't have an answer. It's a, it's an unfortunate spot to be in. Um, but if you really care about the women's college world series, you can watch it this afternoon, three o'clock, uh, game three. Oh man, she's about to lose the first set. Son of a biscuit. <clears throat> My Glenn's day is about stress to get, will be good. My day is about to get significantly more troubling. 
She needs to kill off two set points. And she is not she's not played well in these moments, and she's not playing this point well. Oy, that's that. Ah! Anyway, anyway. <laughs> A lot of people care. Nets Bucks game three at 7.30 on ESPN. Clippers Jazz game two at 10. CBS Sports Network and NBC Sports Washington for the LA Sparks and Washington Mystics at 7. NBC Sports Network for the Avalanche and Golden Knights. Uh, that Game 6 of that series tonight at 9. Um, the, that's the final piece of the uh, con- conference semifinal or the conference finals that has to be figured out because uh, it's, they're doing this weird bit where like, it's a whole thing in hockey this year because the Canadian teams couldn't play against anybody else during the course of the year. Um, but the Islanders punched their ticket to the Eastern Conference Final last night to face the Lightning. And Fox Sports 1, the U.S. women in a friendly against Portugal at 8.30. Golf Channel for round one of the Palmetto Championship today at 3 o'clock. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Mm. If you're into the Fast and the Furious franchise, HBO has a first look for F9 at 8 o'clock. Ah, by the way, Brian Powell informs me that the uh, ESPNU lacrosse was called by Booker, <laughs> but it was tape. It's tape delayed from the past weekend. Okay, so yeah, I don't yeah. like somebody would say, "Isn't couldn't you do that with that?" I just don't know what the impact is for viewership. I don't know if it'd be better to have it on ESPNU at night or to have it on ESPN in the afternoon. I can't. I don't know enough about who that makes it most available to. Sorry. On the other stuff, uh, as I mentioned, Rebel nine o'clock ABC. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. Uh, that new show, um, the game show that uh, TBS is doing with Dwayne Wade, The Cube. Lord knows what it means, but it's something crazy. 8 o'clock debuts tonight. Um, dark Side of the Ring, 9 o'clock on Viceland. Dark Side of Football, quote-unquote. 10 o'clock on Viceland. This one, <laughs> this one titled, oh, yeah. Why Can't the Browns Win? Or Why Can't Cleveland Win? Which is, you know, funny. Yes, Who knows? but Maybe it's, it's nothing comedy. dark about it. Maybe it's a comedy. Mm. Uh, Clarice, 10 o'clock on CBS. Mm, Seth Rogen is on Colbert. Jesus and Miro are on Corden. Stuff and things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. Right. Uh, by the way, the NFL has announced the preseason game times. Uh, uh, if you care about this, you have a problem. But here we go. Saints-Ravens, 7 o'clock on Saturday, August 14th. Uh, next is, sorry, um, uh, Ravens-Panthers, 7 o'clock on Saturday, August 21st, and then Ravens-Washington, 6 o'clock on Saturday, August 28th. So there you go. Three Saturday games all at night. Thanks today to, um, Drew Forrester for checking back in, but also thanks to Mike Bauman from the Bay Sox. Thanks to Stephanie Reddy as well as Jeff Zrebeck. We'll get all of that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, I can tell you, Ken Zalis will be joining us in studio and we'll be paying off his penance for losing our draft draft. He will be here now. He's being weird about this because he's only available to do the first hour of the show tomorrow, which, like, couldn't have picked another day. Uh, he's like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to get everything in at once because he's got to do – he's got to eat the SpaghettiO and milk pie. He's got to wear the belly the shirt. the entire pie? I mean, I thought that was the deal. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, we got double check, double check yeah. what we said. Like, go back. You're in charge of that. Are you cooking it? No, I'm not. He's cooking it, right? Why would Why would – He's cooking it, right? Yes. Does he know that? <laughs> Well, he better. You better. <laughs> you better check in with him today. Make sure he knows. I'm not doing. Why would I do that? Because you're a professional chef. No, I'm not. Tim Tim from Bel Air and I were talking last night about our plans for next Friday when Stecka pays off his bet in studio. So we're doing consecutive bet Fridays tomorrow. KZ's coming in. He's wearing the belly shirt. 
he's eating his pie and he better be singing uh, the crossroads by bone thugs but he was like maybe i'll have to do that another time i'm like no what, what are you talking about chief no no you won't that's not the way this is gonna go so we'll see. We'll see. Do you think Casey knows the, the words to Crossroads? No, but I, I think everybody knows a little bit of the words to Crossroads. Oh, they think they do. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's why I said it. I think everybody knows a little bit yeah. of the words to Crossroads. Um, but it, he likes to hold the lyrics in front of him. It's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be supposed embarrassing. To be. No, it's supposed to be embarrassing. Are we going to harmonize? <laughs> I'm willing to. I'm going to miss everybody. Boom, 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 boom. I'll do it. 100% I'll do it. Um, and then next Friday, Steck is coming in to do to pay off the the previous year's picks bet, which involves him wearing his baby shark costume. And yes, Tim from Bel Air and I had a conversation last night. I'm bringing towels for the Makes studio. Um, he's gonna apparently make the concoction. Ooh, that's the word. Is that Fine Tim's gonna me. make I don't the have concoction? To buy all those yes. tunas and sardines. I said I would do it. I'm like, I'll do it. We got to make sure that. But I, I said, think he knows, we... right? He knows that we're looking for a specific kind of sardine. We're not looking for the sardine in no, oil. No, I, I, I we're trust. looking for the I juice, trust the Tim water, or whatever. Yeah. I also, I, we were talking about like, are we blend? Is it taking tuna and sardines to a blender or just the juice in the bottom of the can? I was thinking just the juice. I think it might be better. But this, how how thick of a sludge is it going to be to come down the the luge? That's kind of where I'm concerned. I think we'll be all right here. I think we'll. I, he certainly <laughs> will not be all right. He was joking with me the other day when we were playing trivia. He's like, I mean, I, you could also just water it down a little more, right? Like you could just include yes, some correct, tuna correct. and sardines. He was also he was he's coming into town next weekend. I'm also throwing my my party, the pig roast, and he's coming. He's like he's like, yeah, I'm coming into those things, but also it's Father's Day weekend, so I was planning on playing some golf with my dad. Which day? While I was home, but he's like, but I also don't know if I'm going to be feeling up to it after this on Friday. I'm like, you might not, pal. You might not. I did not feel like I, uh, the year that I had to do the bull balls, I had to immediately go out and be a part of Jonathan Ogden's golf tournament that day. And I was not feeling good whatsoever. Not because specifically, just the sheer amount of food that I had consumed. Was the last bet that I lost the Jaws one? No. No, you lost something. Well, I mean, we both lost the panty thing. Yeah. We both had to wear the panties of face masks. We both, we tied. We tied, yeah. correct, which was really stupid. And there was something else that was minimal. There was something else that was not significant. I've escaped the real. You've, you, you have not yes. lost the worst ones. Yeah. Yes, there's no doubt about that. All right, so KZ's paying off his bet tomorrow and stuffing things. Uh, Drew Rahm will join us. Oh, from the Aberdeen Iron yes. All right. And, uh, yeah, stuffing things. Stuffing Irons things. and fires. Very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad, lonely man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Maria Zachary. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.